2: Three years ago in 2012, a crack duo, one martial arts expert and surprisingly good mimic, the other a weapons specialist and professionally bearded, were sent to separate recording stations thousands of miles apart to do an 80s and 90s action commentary podcast for a crime they happily committed. Something James Spader told them about that involved an industrial drum of coconut butter hand lotion and a common household whisk. These men promptly created a passion-filled wave of action adoration that swept throughout the internet underground. Today, still wanted by Steven Seagal for making one too many jokes about his expanding gut and knitted hair, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you love action, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you should be listening to Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid commentaries. This podcast, people,
3: explodes. Hello and welcome to Dr. Action, the Kick-Ass Kid Commentary Podcast. I am Dr. Action.
2: And I'm the Kick-Ass Kid and I'm just uh, here to tell everybody listening that apparently repeatedly slamming your cock in a drawer, not a great idea. I just learned that recently and I wanted to pass it on to all our good
3: listeners. It's not good. It's good. It's good for about 20 seconds and then when the pain really kicks in... yeah. The pleasure's gone, but the pain remains.
2: What's weird is, is it's one of those things, the sensation is really, really good oh, like, while you're doing it. But the moment you remove your cock from the drawer and the adrenaline uh, is reduced, uh, my God, the searing pain. I mean, I can't even explain it.
3: Yeah, I mean, when I was last doing it, my wife came in to me. She goes, you know, when you stop, that's going to work. So I carried it on for about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it really hurt. <laughs> it really hurt. it but was it's just one angry of those by things the big blue vein. It's one of those
2: of. things that once you start <laughs> you really need to commit to. That's what it oh, is.
3: Oh. Y- Cock, bang it. Cock bangage yeah. is a full on commitment thing. It, 100%. It's,
2: it's a, a, a full on commitment sport. Uh, Hmm. Once you start, and uh, believe you me, I've started, I was part of the uh, Cock Draw Bangers Club back in 1994, uh, which started in an extraordinarily exclusive club in London uh, between me and my friends Chad, Kyle and Biff. And yeah, we, we thought
4: we'd take on Cambridge, right?
2: Yes, in the uh, cock slamming finals of '96. Uh, but of course, <laughs> you can't beat Cambridge at anything. Yeah, they had uh,
4: Steve Redgrave.
2: Yes, well, Steve Redgrave, of course, he's uh, one of the world's uh, most renowned cock bangers from way back. <laughs> and of course, they had uh, Jeff Jeff Jeffterson, who was uh, well. He was very lucky because he had uh, he was a hermaphrodite, so he knew quite quite well that he could repeatedly slam his cock till almost there was none of it left. It was kind of quite repulsive to look at. And uh, if uh, nothing else, he could always have uh, a good old fuck up the cunt front bottom, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Because he always had that extra organ. Uh, So he just used his cock willy-nilly. It was quite... It was quite kind of uh, a gayful abandon to uh, watch what he would do with it next. Uh, he once tied it onto a cow while we were doing some cow tipping, uh, had it run over by a combine harvester, and then there was, of course, that hilarious time he donated it to Parliament so that they could see what something poor and twatty looked like.
3: Jeff Capes was good. He He was in the Shrewsbury team.
2: He was. He was in the Shrewsbury team, and he was fantastic, because he was incredibly hairy. So you could never tell if he was slamming his cock in there if it was just a pube. And pubes, of course, you can slam all day.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: People don't realise, right, people don't realise, but uh, my dad was uh, at college uh, with Tony Hart back in the 60s, and by God, Tony Hart could slam cock for Britain. I tell you what... He was one yeah, of the greatest. Yeah, Jamie never
3: took part in the cock banging contest, it's, but he definitely could bang cock.
2: He could, yes, he really could. Uh, in fact, I remember one time when uh, we were abroad uh, in Bern, uh, in Switzerland, and uh, well, he set fire to his pubes while cock banging, and I have to say, uh, it was a real burn that night, if you know what I mean. Uh, and uh, quite a few milkmaids came out the next day to. Uh, you know, help him out, apply some salve, and uh, wank him off. Yeah. That's where the what? idea for Morph's grey friend came from. Yeah. Uh, Morph, obviously, everyone knows, came from a turd he took in 1964 uh, after he tripped balls on some mushrooms outside of a uh, animals concert. Uh, so that's how he got Morph. But the uh, grey, spunk-coloured uh, friend that Morph had, uh, Uncle Spurf, I believe his name was originally, uh, he came from that night in Bern, Switzerland, where quite literally some milkmaids got round in a circle and gave him the old tug of war, if you know what I mean.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> the irony being, of course, that Switzerland is neutral. The fuck.
3: <laughs> I wonder if. Because uh, obviously, Tony Art, the campus man, campus straight man ever, I wonder how he uh, went about hiding the poppers from his wife.
2: Uh, up his ass, probably. Probably. He probably had a secret pocket stitched in I've there. I've heard
3: it was vacuous.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so have you been, sir? have you been? All good. Yeah, everything's, everything's going the way it should be? Oh, yes. All right, and uh, I would apologise to people listening uh, about our long absence from doing the show, uh, but the show's free... And we both have lives, so uh, if anyone was complaining, which I don't think they were, but if anyone was complaining, uh, go fuck yourselves. That's the message <laughs> I'm sending out. <yeah. laughs> it's been a long absence for the show, but the whole point of the show is that when we have time, we'll do it. When we don't, we don't. Um, but uh, the Doc and I are still very much in love. And, oh, uh oh, never yeah, doubt that. Never doubt that. And uh, how is our adopted uh, porpoise, Alan?
3: Well, I've had him this past month, yeah. and uh, he's missing you. Yeah. He's missing you. But uh, we've been watching some um, some uh, Dancing on Ice.
2: Oh, yeah, he likes that. He, he likes does that. like
3: that. I fucking hate it. Yeah. But he likes it. He and, likes uh, it
2: because he's a big, big fan of people who people didn't know were celebrities. That's what he's a really <laughs> big fan of. Like, when people come on and they go, Tonight we've got, you know... Uh, cheesemaker Donald Smidge or something, and he's like, I never knew cheesemaker Donald Smidge was a a celebrity. And then Alan, who's our pauper, he only kind of communicates in kind of clicks and whistles, but I've been able to interpret. Uh, And uh, he he said, no, no, he was on the the fourth series for two episodes of Iron Chef. So I was like, oh, well, that makes... That makes sense, then. That's why he's, he's on Celebrity Dancing on Ice. He um, knows all the
3: Big Brother contestants.
2: He knows, he knows all the Big Brother contestants that got, like, thrown out after three days. He knows all the really obscure ones, you know what I mean? Um, that's, that's what Alan... Look, Alan likes what Alan likes. And you can't... Like, anyone who has children, you know, you can't twist their arms. They're going to like things that you don't like, you know what I mean? You're going to try and force their taste on them. Look, I sat Alan down... Uh, in a pool of my own spunk, because that's really what he likes. He doesn't like to be hosed down normally. I'm saying like
3: he likes what he likes.
2: He does. He likes it. And and he he said to me in clicks and 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 uh, 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 pings and tweets and stuff, little light noises. He said that what he really wants, he wants a more sort of viscous substance to bathe in. Uh, he's like water's all very well and it helps me to breathe and everything, but but really, uh, I just want uh, uh, the spunk. So it took me about, uh, I don't know, three weeks to fill that tub up. And I'll tell you what, by the time I put the last drop in... The, well, the original, the original lot that I'd started three weeks previous, pretty pungent at that point, was beginning to smell pretty foul. Uh, but Alan seemed to enjoy it. Anyway, we put that on. And, um, yeah, he loves watching all those obscure documentaries and history programs and things like that that aren't real history. Like yep. he he loved it when uh, the History Channel covers UFOs that have never been confirmed. He loves it when the History Channel covers religious things. He it
3: it loves, loves a conspiracy theory. He as well. does.
2: He really loves all that. He loves it when uh, he loves it, especially when something like MTV which is like music television, he loves it when they don't play music and instead put on some insufferable programme featuring people with hairstyles banging their heads together in a dirty kitchen in Iowa. He loves that. He fucking eats that shit up. You should see him flapping and clapping like a little (laughs) happy fish.
3: But he's all good. He's all good. I'm sending him back next month. Oh, great, yeah. This month.
2: Yeah, I'm having the uh, barrel upholstered that he yeah. lives in when he's here. So, uh, thanks for that.
3: That's all right. So I'm sending him over with a couple of dirty DVDs for
2: you. Oh, great. Have you got that one, uh, mackerel fucking in the Algarve? Have you got that one?
3: <laughs> with Cindy Crawford? <laughs> yeah, I've got that one. He that's loves one. that.
2: We like to watch that together. And <laughs> then he, he touches my pee-pee with his flipper. And I have to say, it's, uh, quite arousing. I yeah. know technically, because he's my, our adopted son, that that's sort of incestual, but, uh... You know, come on, it's 2015.
3: If it works, it works. It's
2: 2015, and I personally feel that, by this point, if I want my uh, illegitimate adopted porpoise child to masturbate me while I'm watching Cindy Crawford shove mackerel up a cunt, I think that should be allowed.
3: Hey, if Woody Allen can do it... (laughs)
2: If Roman Polanski can get away with it in, in 1968, <laughs> then uh, then quite honestly, we should all be allowed to go. That's what I feel. Mm. So, <laughs> what action films have you seen recently? What have you seen in the cinema lately, man?
3: At the cinema, I went I to see uh, Mission Impossible 5, oh, good. Nation. Yeah,
2: saw that too. And I saw yeah. Ant-Man as well.
3: I saw Ant-Man. Ant-Man was a uh, fun, forgettable fluff.
2: It was, wasn't it? I mean, what I felt like was, I thought it was of all these sort of um, origin stories, of all the like origin stories. I thought it was the most kind of quick to the point. Establishes your thing. You establish old Ant Man with Michael Douglas, yeah. uh, and then you establish new Ant Man with Paul Rudd. And I thought it was like fairly amusing, fairly fun, but like you say, fairly forgettable. Mm. But I'm, I'm all for him joining the next strain of the Avengers. That sounds good to me.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. When I say forgettable, I don't mean it in a derogatory way. I'm just meaning if you ask me now about it, yeah, I, can. I can't really remember much about it, but I remember enjoying it. My,
2: my it. main problem my main problem was that there was no scene uh, in which Michael Douglas wore a V-neck sweater and nothing else.
3: Yeah, and his buttocks flapping away like <laughs> an ant. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he went into a disco... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> went down on some ants. There was no scene of him licking an ant's asshole while wearing a v neck sweater. And I thought, honestly, I thought they missed a trick. Oh,
3: so I if, think they did. If Marvel's was...
2: listening, they should really. For the sequel, I want a, a ant anal lickage with Michael Douglas in a v neck sweater. I've paid my money. Give me the goods, Marvel, you fucks.
3: Yeah. Because he was like the first, uh, he was the proto James Spader, wasn't he? He was always involved in filth.
2: Yeah, yeah. Fatal
3: attraction. Well, he
2: went through that period, didn't he, of uh, fatal attraction and
3: uh, basic instinct, basic
2: instinct, and disclosure. then disclosure. Disclosure, yeah. Disclosure is my favourite one because it, uh, it's that old story of how you know men really, really don't want like a big titted. Incredibly attractive, powerful woman Rubbing on them too much They want it a little bit They want it up to a point
3: I I... want it up to a point Before (laughs) it becomes sexual harassment
2: But then at a certain point After I've already munched on her chuff (laughs) And she's already given me a damn fine handy At that point I want to to be able to walk away And I want that to be accepted I want that to be accepted (laughs)
3: Listen, listen Demi I've licked you out. You can be an angel. <laughs> I'm just starting good. to feel a little bit guilty now. Yeah. Because anymore, yeah. your lips are to go anywhere near my todge. Yeah. That's cheating.
2: Yeah. Well, they, they do, don't they, cannot... in the movie? Doesn't she give him a bit, of, a bit of
3: head as well? I can't remember. It's ages since I've seen it.
2: Yeah, I don't remember. All I remember is that he looks in the mirror. He throws down the thing, looks in the mirror. He's about to have sex with and He's like, no, I can't do it. And it's probably because he looks in the mirror and he goes, Dad? Uh, (laughs) suddenly realises he looks more like Kirk Douglas than Michael Douglas and went, yeah it's getting a bit old for this. It's like when Roger Moore was in View to a Kill and he went yeah, it's, you know, they're they're having difficulty finding women who who don't look like my daughter Um, and uh, and yeah, that's what I felt about about Disclosure. But it Mm. was it was a classic of the modern age, really. I mean, the CGI work in it alone is is worth a revisit.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, it's a lot like Menonk.
2: <laughs> it is. Mm. It's almost like the digital upgrade of Manonk. That's kind of what I feel like it is.
3: Uh, so what else have I was going to say Skin Trade.
2: Yeah, that's good. I covered that on the old uh, the old diner. But yeah, that's, that's good. Of that.
3: I uh... thought you would.
2: I thought you would. I I liked. I love the fights. Obviously, I'm not an idiot. I love the fucking fights. Uh, I just thought, like... I always think with Tony Jarre, because he set such a precedent, mm. that he yep. could do more in terms of, like, the stunts and stuff. And I understand on a lower-budget thing, he's like, fuck that, there's no insurance, and blah, 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 blah. But I want to say, listen, I don't pay to see one of your movies, Tony, so you can jump around like a happy Happy clappy little, fucker. happy clappy fucker. Uh, I pay you to do death-defying stunts and, uh, and and so you better do it. And yeah. he didn't do it. Uh, he, he, he did a little bit, but, but not as much. But I thought Dolph was excellent. I thought Dolph was really fun. And uh, I thought that, along with the package, it's probably been my favourite straight-to-video Dolph movie in a long time.
3: Oh, definitely mine. Definitely mine. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, well, I
2: mean, I've Peter Weller in the hospital at the beginning and the police station at the beginning, that was fucking... I just... All I wanted was Peter Weller to show up at the end of the movie with a machine gun and take everybody out.
3: Yeah, it could have been more Weller.
2: It could have uh, been a lot more Weller. A
3: lot more Weller, 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 Weller. oomph! But, the, Which is uh, what
2: Weller says every time before you check that it's in his wife. Yes, yeah, it's true. Absolute true story. I've, I've, I've seen the videos.
3: I've bared witness to it. <laughs> uh, the, the, everybody brings the, you know, everybody's nobody's treating it as a B-rate second, uh, action movie. They're no, all acting quite well in it.
2: They're all giving it the beans, and that's what I quite liked about it. Michael Joe mm. White, of course, awesome mm. work, awesome work, and uh, yeah, what a great films Definitely suggest fans of Doctor Action and the uh, Kickass Kid checking that shit out.
3: Yep, and uh, Mission Impossible. That's one guy who doesn't give a fuck about insurance. It's Tom Cruise.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, I I mean, the only problem I have with Mission Impossible 5 is I really wish they hadn't fucking spoiled 90% of the action sequences in the trailers. I mean, I I did tell myself at the beginning of the year that movies like that that I'd be going to see anyway, I wouldn't watch the trailer of. But unfortunately, when you go to the cinema as much as I do, and I've started going at least once a week with Jim for the show... um, you end up seeing trailers whether you kind of want to or not. Uh, I've definitely not been looking at stuff online as much as I I used to because that was really pissing me off. But um, the uh, trailers uh, on the cinema screen, you can't really avoid them, you know what I mean? And uh, so it was just such a shame that I'd seen, like, the plane thing and the bike chase and a lot of the other cool shit that happens in the movie uh, prior to the movie. That was my only feeling. Apart from that, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a bit of a throwback to the first one. I thought it had more of a, like espionage-y... Yeah, uh, my, I went turning. with my
3: uncle and Molly, and my uncle turned around at the end and said, I didn't want that to finish, I fucking loved it. And I'm with, I was with him, I yeah. really enjoyed it. Well,
2: I feel like, like with a Fast and Furious franchise, every movie they've like out tried to outdone themselves with the most ridiculous stunts possible, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. going to be interesting... In the next one, because I pre- presume they just all become nuclear-powered superheroes that can chew through buildings and shit bullets. I have no idea, but I presume that's what happens. Because at the end of Fast and Furious 7, the Stath and Vin Diesel are fighting on a car park as it collapses. And in both, space. In, yeah. <laughs> and they both walk away, you know, scratch-free. And uh, and broken bone free. So I mean, we're pre- and there's never a mark on Vin Diesel's uh, uh, vest. A uh, wife beat a vest. So. Yeah, I presume that they're just indestructible in the next thing. and uh, Although Helen Mirren is apparently the eighth one, and they've expanded Kurt Russell's role. So, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, the next Fast and Furious movie they announce, My Erection...
3: Just wait, is Helen Mirren
2: he- in it? Helen Mirren's going to be in it, and they're expanding Kurt Russell's role. That's the last thing I so heard So, Helen
3: it. Mirren's got to be playing Jason She's Statham's playing Space mum.
2: How about that? Is How that true? Fucking... But it's got to be true. I've read it, and it's got to be true. Nice. I just... I... I'm already hard for that movie.
3: You won't get a sex scene there, will
2: you? I'm already, like, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what, I don't know, I really don't know who the big brains is behind it, but whatever they're doing, just never, ever, ever, ever stop. I want Fast and Furious 20, 25, 40. I mean, just never, ever, ever
0: stop. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: Laundry? (sighs)
1: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: It's amazing. But beyond that, anyway, Mission Impossible, uh, instead of saying, like, well, how do we top the fact that I ran around the tallest building in the world, like you know, I'm some kind of pixie. Um, the What they did was is they did the plane thing at the very beginning, sort of a throwback to the second one where the big dangerous stunt is at the very beginning. And then um, from then on, we're going to tell more of just a straight kind of espionage story. I was surprised, like, how much sort of talking and plot and design and style there was in it. I mean, obviously, it's Christopher McQuarrie who did Reacher and also did Neutral Suspects and did uh, a bunch of other things. Uh, he wrote Valkyrie, the one that Cruz was in about the um, about the Nazis, right? Yeah, yeah, Trying
3: yeah. Trying to kill Hitler. He also um, did a good film called Way of the Gun.
2: He did. Yeah, he did a very good film called Way of the Gun uh, with Ryan, where is he now, Philippi? Um, and uh, I can only assume that... Um, He's on TV. It, Reese Witherspoon, uh, I can only assume that it's something in their divorce proceedings she wrote in there, like, can never star in an A-list movie again. Um, yeah,
3: I watched a really far-fetched film with her in the other day. No, I didn't. I watched, I watched it ages ago, but it was on TV, called yeah. This Means War.
2: Yeah.
3: Far-fetched. Two blokes fighting over Reese Witherspoon. Yeah,
2: that's never going to happen, What a bollocks. Yeah. Fuck those no, fact, people. Two people, like, taking shits over Reese Witherspoon while she's lying under a glass table uh, masturbating with a, an oddly shaped uh, root vegetable, yes. But two men uh, fighting over her, no. Um, two men sword fighting in her mouth against her will while she's strapped to the end of a runaway
3: train, uh, yes. That's but, a, well, that has happened. Yeah. That has happened. But two,
2: two men fighting over her because they think she's attractive or lovable,
3: no. Never no, happened. No. Um, She looks like the devil from Legend.
2: Yeah, she does a bit. As if the devil from Legend had been panel-beaten by a rap artist. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, Mission Impossible, yeah, throwback. Lots of talking, but when the action happens, it's awesome. Uh, It is awesome. Bike chase, tremendous. Knife fight, tremendous. Airplane sequence, impressive.
3: I see. The thing is, I think they've got to show that in the trailer because that's what they've sort of gone on—the fact that it's all real. It's real. not CGI. That's Tom Cruise on a plane. Yeah. Obviously, he's got harnesses on. Filmed over England. Huh?
2: Filmed over England. Yes. Also, a harness can only hold you so much. Like,
3: oh, oh, it's still (laughs) fucking amazing.
2: He's still on a plane as it flew around, and it's not like once they got the shot. He could go, all right, then, once he got the shot, the plane had to circle round and land with him still on. Eight takes. And they did that eight times.
3: It's still fucking amazing.
2: It is. It is fucking amazing. And to kind of throw it away at the beginning of the movie was a bit odd, but, I mean, it is what it is.
3: I I think it's good, because all the way through the film, you're not thinking... I bet that plane bit's coming up soon.
2: True, but then I wouldn't have shown any of it in the uh, uh, trailer, and if I had shown any of it in the trailer, it would have been the smallest of glimpses.
3: Mm. I'd have probably just shown the plane about to take off. Right. So people have been like, yeah, but it won't take off.
2: Because I don't remember if him running about on the outside of the building was in the trailer of the fifth, fourth one.
3: I think it might have just been an overhead shot of him. Over it, I think. Right, I can't remember.
2: But uh, yeah, he's clearly not got a problem with heights. <laughs> Although, imagine, imagine if you did that, right? You're Tom Cruise and you're doing that stunt, and you get halfway through the stunt and the plane's taken off, and he's like, he shits himself and <laughs> throws up at the same time. Could you imagine that? And they got it on film. Him just going. <laughs> Just, like, from both ends. There's a huge trail of, like, brown shit out the back of his pants and just oh, you mean, you mean hits like the camera. you mean, like,
3: I was to do it?
2: Right. <laughs> well, if I was to do it, I would pass out. I mean, that's it. You <laughs> stand me to the outside of a plane, I would have a panic attack, you and I would pass just,
3: all out. You, all you do it. is, you'd be like, can we uh, can we <laughs> cancel out the noise if the leg's hitting the side of the plane because he can't control himself because he's just completely passed out? <laughs>
2: Literally, I mean, I don't even like being inside planes. So,
3: yeah, uh, they've got to do it. They've got somebody's got to do a picture out of William Shatner at the plane of yeah, the Twilight Zone episode, right? With Tom Cruise's head
2: And in, in the window. Yeah, that'd be funny.
3: It's got to be done. Get on that.
2: <laughs> Get on that internet. Why haven't you done that already? How dare you not have that ready for me right now? Did you watch anything else?
3: Uh, Terminator Genesis, but we'll talk about that during. Did you see Terminator Genesis? No! No, I no.
2: think you did. No, I'll wait for video. Uh,
3: uh, Jurassic World, I think we talked about that, did we?
2: Uh, see, I've seen Jurassic World, yeah, I liked how they made it all about the dinosaurs, because Chris Pratt's awful. Yeah. Do,
4: do, 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 do.
2: Uh,
3: split second I uh, watched that again with Rook Hire have you heard oh. right
2: how they want to do a new Ghostbusters they are doing the all female one but they want to do another male Ghostbusters like oh like any of it matters anymore I mean talk about shitting all over a legacy but if they do the new one they want to do it with Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt I'm like oh fuck have we got to watch these fucking assholes in every single movie from now on till the end of fucking time these two I, I- don't mind but oh
3: I like both of them, but this, the problem is... I, I don't like saying like take them in, like, Magic Mike or whatever, because that's just not for me. Right. Uh, well, because you in... like
2: actual gay porn. Cost you you don't like the way Magic Mike teases it. Yeah, you I don't like... like... Stop teasing my cock. <laughs> I want to see cocks in arseholes all the way up.
4: Yeah.
2: And swallow it. Yeah.
3: Don't do it all over his back. No. Nobody appreciates that.
2: No. Take the shitty dick in your mouth and (laughs) like it.
3: Uh, But they're getting a bit too overexposed now.
2: I just don't like Pratt as a hero because he's not like I didn't like him in Guardians and I didn't like him in Jurassic World. He's he's fine as the simple schlub that he played on um, the Parks and and Rec, but like he's not he's not a hero. Now if he was playing. like a dumb shit who got embroiled in uh, action, that would work. But him playing the guy who knows everything about the dinosaurs, I'm like, I don't believe this guy knows how to spell his name without sticking his tongue out while he's writing, you know what I mean?
3: See, now that's why I said before, and even though I'm opposed to it greatly, he would be a perfect Jack Burton in a remake of Big Trouble in Little China.
2: Yes, he would. Yes, he would. That's a very good point. Yes, he would. I still don't want a remake, but yes, he would.
3: Oh, I don't. I completely don't want a remake, but he would be perfect as that character.
2: But it's Um, just... Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like when they announced the Suspiria remake. It's not that I love Suspiria so much. It's just that how and why do you remake that movie? Like, the whole reason... Big Trouble Little China is the way it is. And the whole reason a movie like Suspiria is the way it is. Or, like, the re- reason any of these movies from, like, the 80s are what they are is because of the directors and the crew and the cast and shit they had at the time. It's not because we all watched them and went, oh, what a fantastic story. It was just like you put those people together and you got a certain product. You can't then go, well, we're going to remake it, but we're going to have this person and this person and directed by this and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well... Then it's not that, you know what I mean? Then tell some other story. Then call it, you know, Big Trouble in Little Italy or something. Like, do something different. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, but with Kurt Russell and John Carpenter. Yeah. The sad thing is, is I don't think we're ever going to get another John Carpenter film. I think we're done. I think he's never going to direct anything again. I think that's the saddest thing.
3: Yeah, I think you're probably right.
2: Uh, and if he does, it'll be like the war. But then again, when it you hear him like, talk,
3: it doesn't sound like he's that bothered. Oh, no, he, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give Cause a it, fuck. Because he's, like, sort of said, oh, I don't care as long as I get paid for... Uh, as long as I get paid for big children in Little China, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. And it's like...
2: Oh. He's had that attitude to everything, though. When they asked about Halloween and everything, he was just like... I, bought,
3: I bought the uh, video of his wedding... And true. said I was going to remake it. And he says, do what you want as long as I get paid. Yeah, it's true. And I've got some fucking great talent involved.
2: In the remake of John Carpenter's Wedding?
3: Yeah. I've got, um, I've got Francis Ford Coppola to direct. Right. I've got... Uh, I've brought uh, David Mamet on yeah. to write the script. Nice. Uh, uh, in the role of John Carpenter. Now, this is a weird choice. Right. I've got... John Goodman.
2: Nice. I like it. You've gone yeah. left field, but it's good. Is he going to be wearing a wig and a moustache, or is he just going to be John Goodman and, and we're just to believe John Carpenter, just because well, the just way to, he Just it. to believe it. Just, just to, to believe, to believe it. it. Just the way and this, he plays this, it. going to nail gone, it so well without... Yeah, I've
3: gone run. completely left field. Right, with for the, the wife. the choice of the wife. Gloria Honeyford.
2: Oh, wow. I was going to say Steve Buscemi, but I think I think with Gloria Honeyford, what you're
3: getting... But with Steve Buscemi, I've nailed him on to play... And I've took a bit of artistic liberty. The fetus. Yes. Ha- Steve Buscemi is playing Howard Hawks. Wow. John Carpenter's favourite director. <laughs> and he's going to be playing the preacher. Right. I don't think it really happened. I call that art- artistic... Artistic licence. Artistic licence.
2: Yeah. It's, I like it, the way you've got Linda Florentino uh, as uh, the person who mucks out the pigs in the sequence where they go back to the farm and uh, someone needs to muck out the pigs and you've got Linda Fiorentino she,
3: she took a bit of convincing Well it's
2: because nobody wants to work with her
3: Least of not all not her. her She, she's very she hates
2: working with herself That's how
3: bad she is she, well, when I went to meet her, she was sticking she was sticking a fork in her hand because she hated herself so much.
2: Yeah, because you went to I remember you telling me about this and you went to her and you said, Linda, I'd love you in this scene, and she was like, Who am I gonna be acting with? And you'd be like, Oh no, no, you're just by yourself. She's like, I can't oh. do it. I can't stand myself.
3: Yeah. I'm I've so heard, shitty I've heard to heard work she's with. She's a bit of a cunt to work with. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, So I've heard as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. But
3: I need her for the role. Yeah. And uh, there's one thing you can say about me, Yeah. like a challenge. You're persistent. I'm very persistent. You're
2: very persistent. That's the woman
3: that... I'm stalking.
2: Yeah. I thought that hang gliding in through her uh, bedroom window at night, uh, wearing nothing but a chef's hat over your old todger, that, I thought that was uh, a oh, particularly nice touch.
3: Yeah, I thought that'd uh, nail it for me. It would. G- give her the role, but she, uh, she just called the police.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think the fact that you had a courgette poking out of your ass, I think that probably, that probably took points off it. I think, I think you probably I think just,
3: probably went a bit too far. I
2: think you won't the pudding there, mate. I would have just gone with the chef's out over the cock and been done with it.
3: Yeah, I think the, the yeah. courgette
2: up the arse, you're just asking for trouble.
3: Well, the policeman said that as well.
2: Yeah, it's funny, because uh, Firm Britain did a section on that on, uh, this morning. Back when yeah, she she did. To that. She yeah. did, yeah. With Luke a courgette up your arse, you're looking for trouble. The Fern Britain story.
3: <laughs> well, enough, I've also got the rights to that.
2: What, do we make it?
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've not got Francis for Coppola because you go, I'm busy with go, the. Uh, now, John listen Carpenter's here.
2: Win. I've had a fantastic idea. Instead of a courgette, it's going to be <laughs> a turnip. I'm going full fucking turnip
4: on this one. <laughs> she's gonna have a marrow in her ass. She gotta have the marrow
3: right up the way.
4: A fucking marrow. <laughs> hoo ha?
2: <laughs> Which director is that? Al Pacino as. Oh, she oh, got a I'm marrow up her ass. Just got a marrow up that great ass. Wow. <laughs> Al, what you've done there is you've stuck a marrow <laughs> right up. <laughs> right up that girl's ass. That's impressive. most I've ever had up my ass is a snap pea <laughs> after a salad debacle I was part of at one of jimmy woods's salad day barbecue things listen that is no woman with a marrow up her ass that's me michael bloody Kane. i'm playing the lady in this remake who gets a marrow up her ass because really i need the money and i want the money and marrows up my ass
3: i need a new pair of glasses so i'll stick that marrow at my arse.
2: Right up my fucking ass. <laughs> it's been up there now for five days.
3: I said to yeah. the director, When are I'm we shooting? I'm method with this role.
2: When are we shooting this bloody scene? Because my arsehole is split from Wednesday <laughs> to Friday. You could park a fucking Volkswagen at my colon at this point.
4: Yeah, I have a fissure.
2: Yeah. Uh, so other things that have been going on, uh, I went down to uh, Coney Island, uh, where they filmed the Warriors.
3: Excellent.
2: I bought myself a sweet, sweet Warriors top. I mean, when you see this shit, don't sell them. Yeah, when it gets a bit colder, when you see this, because it's long sleeve. When you see this sweet Warriors top, man, Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a, it's a, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's, it's top draw Warriors top just has the warriors along the front and then the the like uh uh, wing symbol on the back you know
3: nice
2: it's very cool with like gray sleeves and a a white front uh which i really liked and uh, i went on the cyclone while i was down there which is the oldest roller coaster um that's fucking hairy i can tell you that much that is fucking hairy and it's not because it like goes so high or it whips over or it goes upside down or anything like that. It's just it's, it's so it. fucking old, dude. There's huge sections of the track missing. missing. I'm not even kidding. And uh, no, there really is. Like we looked up at it, and we were like, there are big holes in that fucking track. But not only that, it just you know how like you get on a roller was coaster Tom now. Was Tom hanging the Yeah, idea. He was. He was actually. Um, weirdly enough, naked from the waist down. <laughs> interesting. Interesting choice. Um, But uh, no, that was hairy because it rattles so much Because it just rattles and shakes and fucking So you just constantly felt like you were either going to be flung from the car Or the whole thing was going to come crashing down So that was fun, I did that And um, I adopted a small Korean boy uh, While I was there Well, (laughs) I say adopted, stole was probably more accurate um and uh yeah, I keep him around. He does he does odd odd chores, odd bits there and there and before people think like, you know, I'm using him for, for child slavery. <laughs> you know, nothing could be further from the truth. Um you know, I, I give him a few grains of rice every day. Uh I pay him in blow jobs. You know, I, I really <laughs> uh oh by the way, I don't give him I don't give him the blow jobs. I have a I have a rat, a little pet rat that he's uh he sticks his little Korean in he loves it though he seems very, very happy uh his name's uh Pai Tang, I think he just keeps screaming it, so it might it might be his name or it might be Korean for help help get me out of this strange whitey's room I don't know Yeah, get off yeah get off, <laughs> might be um but he he listen he's he's really improved the place uh all the dishes are now
3: done. he really ties the room together he
2: does he's, he cleans up a treat. Uh smells a bit, so I have to hang him outside my window every night uh, in, a, in a little cage, but I think he loves that because he loves the sky and the moon reminds him of home.
3: Yeah, but you don't want to leave him in your apartment when you're out working anyway because you, you've got a, a bit of trust with these.
2: Well, yeah, not only that, but they eat everything. I mean, oh. he will eat everything. Uh, he went through my entire collection of Last of Summer Wine DVDs before I realised that.
3: Little cunt, did yeah. you... I hope you gave him 50 lashes.
2: Uh, no, I made him watch the On the Buses movie. That, was, wow. uh, that seemed like punishment enough.
3: Did he learn? No. Twi- I didn't learn.
2: So I hung him outside the window again and shouted and was sick. So it was a fun trip to Coney Island, though. I mean, really, you know, you want to come back with a souvenir, sweet Warriors T-shirt and a small Korean boy that you may or may not have stolen from a hot dog vendor.
3: Well, if he was just outside, try right. away, say.
2: Listen, possession is nine-tenths of the law.
3: That's what I said when the copies pulled me over. I've
2: never understood what that means, but <laughs> nine-tenths, there we go, possession.
3: Yeah, you get pulled over, it says, listen, you've got a lot of heroin on you. I say, yeah, Yeah. it's mine. It is. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. It is,
2: and here See? I am, a- enacting nine-tenths of it.
3: Yeah, and they went, you're right, I'm sorry. Fair enough. Can
2: it's I buy funny. some heroin? It's funny how many people don't know that. And the police get away with arresting them because really, if you get arrested for almost anything, you just go nine tenths the law, and they go, "Oh yeah, fuck." That's all you do. If you're found over the body of several young <laughs> murdered girls,
3: is this your knife you used to stab them? Yeah, yeah. it is.
2: Yeah, and are sure my, my nine tenths the law. How Good point. Yeah, how are they? How are they your girls? Well, they've got my <laughs> semen all over them. <laughs>
3: In uh, Victorian times, my good friend, <laughs> That's how that we means label. I own them.
2: Yes. Have you not seen what dogs do when they piss on everything? I'm the same when I come on corpses <laughs> <quarters laughs> of things that I've just killed.
3: So it's mine. can't so mine. I have kindly of leave. I've, I've,
2: <laughs> I've labelled this mine. Uh, true story. True story.
5: more than once actually do I have to say yes you do in the car before my kids PTA meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten
1: lucky I never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
2: so have you got any other stories to tell us dude? uh no no shall we watch the Terminator then
3: The Terminator! Let's watch The Terminator. It's
2: going to be difficult because I'm watching it on Blu-ray, which means I can't watch it on my computer, which means I have to just... uh...
3: I'm watching it on Blu-ray as well.
2: I just have to press play on the machine. I am on six seconds, and the uh, Metro-Goldwyn-Mail lion is just roared its last.
3: Let me just get to... uh... Do
2: you know that's why that dentist had to be taken out to Africa to shoot a lion for real? Because every yeah. time one of his kids put on a Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer movie, he kept shooting the television. They went through 20 televisions before he realised that.
3: Mine's just started to fade down, the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, and it's just roared its last one. You ready? Yeah. Z- oh, Is it... Three, two, one, go! All
2: right, so with the start of the Orion logo, one of the most iconic roles played by Arnold Schwarzenegger... I uh, <laughs> I played the devil in nineteen eighty one. it's a great movie. It's made by uh, James Cameron, uh, who was uh, good at the time. Yeah, he had a beard. <laughs> yeah, and uh, after this, of course, he would go a bit crazy and uh, make a movie called Titanic, which was shit.
3: After and, True Lies, he really he jumped the shark, didn't he?
2: And he would double down. At, you know, the funny thing is, that says Los Angeles 2029 AD, it was actually just filmed down the road for me, where I am right now. Yeah? Yeah, that's how the Bronx used to look in the
3: 80s. Yes, yes. Spaceships flying all around.
2: Right. People often think that's an optical effect, it isn't.
3: Yeah. it's it not. It
2: isn't at all. That's how, uh, that's how everyone used to roll in the Bronx.
4: That's the rolling.
2: Day, rolling along. Now these special effects, of course, were done uh, by people. Don't know this, but they were done by uh, mentally simple children, uh, who were like they were. They had that thing where they they knew exactly how to do special effects, but they couldn't do anything else.
3: Well, couldn't what,
2: What's that thing? Is that what is that? It's like Asperger's or whatever. They had yeah. that
3: thing. Uh, Asperger's is. Uh...
2: That's when you've shoved several beef patties up your ass, right?
3: And two pieces of Lego.
2: Two pieces of Lego, right? What what do Not the Lego do then?
3: The Lego, yeah. I oh, don't know. You'd have to ask them.
2: Okay. So uh, here we see the uh, the title sequence, and you don't really get this very much in movies anymore, like these kind of like fancy title sequences.
3: No, you don't.
2: No. Michael Bean. No relation. Linda
3: Hamilton. I've met her.
2: I've had her. Lance Henriksen. I've had him as well.
3: He's had me. Yeah.
2: He's had everybody. <laughs> Paul Winfield, of course, from the Rother Khan.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry, Captain. I, I try.
2: I love Paul Winfield. He's a he's a good guy. I think. Mark Goldblatt, of course. Uh, he got arrested a couple of years after this for uh, <laughs> trafficking heroin, uh, which he had in the severed heads of young boys.
3: That is true. That is true on his IMDb page. The
2: thing is, it was very successful for several years. No-one batted an eyelid at a man coming through uh, Los Angeles Terminal with a bag full of severed boys' heads. That was much more common back then. It was just years later when uh, some heroin rolled out. He was right up shit creek then.
3: Well, there's no cop work a way to put any tax on it, can no. they, you see?
2: Derek Gibson and uh, Gail Ann Heard. Gail Ann Heard, now, she's, of course, famous now for The Walking Dead.
3: And, James uh, Cameron, very, what? very in uh, famous for finding Cameroon.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: in his little underwater...
3: Yeah. yeah. By Christ, I found Cameroon.
4: I found Cameroon. I shall call it James Cameroon. <laughs>
3: And that the way this is is symbolic. Today's technology intertwining with future technology.
2: Yeah, it is symbolic. Another word for that is bollocks. Yeah. Symbol bollocks.
3: Yeah, this is my favourite bloke that, in the whole film. That
2: guy is also in action Jackson, isn't he?
3: I think so, yeah.
4: He's a little guy that like this. Yeah. <laughs> I, used like a a... in my head. I used to be a blues guitarist. <laughs> And a boxing
2: promoter. He looks like a boxing promoter who became a blues guitarist. Yeah. Who then became an actor. That's what he looks like.
3: Mean Gene, Willie Nelson.
2: Yeah. Mean Gene, Blind Jeff McHadden. There he is. Now, yeah. rumour has it that when Arnold was the governator years later, he would reenact this sequence every Friday night up at... Uh, <laughs> Griffith Park Observatory, and just wander around, butt ass
3: naked. Yeah, the only reason he rang is because that the black guy was very scared of male buttocks.
2: <laughs> well, he had uh, he had been in uh, prison.
4: <laughs> I know what that means.
2: The funny thing is, is when I tried to reenact the scene myself when I was up in L.A., they uh, they asked me to put some clothes on and almost arrested me.
3: Actually, when I was here, they told me to strip to recreate it. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to. I want to play the Bill Paxton role. Yeah. That is some fucking good hair he's got, though, isn't it? Well,
2: that's how Paxton used to wear his hair back in the day.
3: Weird weird Brian Thompson there.
2: Yeah, who has also been in Cobra, of course.
3: Yeah. You
2: can just see that the, what I like about the Blu rays you can really see <laughs> <on> his
3: penis. <laughs> yeah, that's, I
4: that's
3: imagine it. on
2: an old grainy VHS that wouldn't be as. Uh...
3: <laughs> you really saw it flapping about then. I was, you know what? HD's good in some ways. It isn't
2: is, it, it is. <laughs> I'd always wanted to see what his cock looked like, and there I have it.
3: Look, Brian Thompson's really looking like that.
2: Also, why is it that Bill Paxton's had his face run over by a car?
3: I don't know. I don't know.
2: Also, when you think about it, right, back in the day when you were a punk or whatever these kids are meant to be, right? Back in the day, think of all the work Paxton had to do before he went out in the evening. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not very punk
3: rock, really, is it? You
2: know what I mean? It is. Mum, I'll be down in a minute. I'm just putting blue streaks across my (laughs) sticky-up hair. And then I've got to meticulously paint tyre treads on my face. It's all part of my look, Mum.
4: Yeah, fuck the system.
2: (laughs) Have you got any more Max Factor? (laughs) Fuck the system. Have you got any more L'Oreal hair dye?
3: I won't conform to your society.
2: <laughs> naked people falling out of the sky all over the place. I tell you what, if being gay was a big thing back then, if there was, like, gay pride as there was back then, they would have loved it.
3: What, naked guys falling from oh, the sky? yeah.
2: Oh,
4: my God!
2: And they would have
3: loved it. It's man and
4: main. Yeah,
2: That's where the song comes from. Yeah. Oh, that's where James Cameron got the idea... Who can tell what came first? Chicken or egg, innit? Yeah. James Cameron. Now, we don't see Bean's cock. No, we I, don't. I reckon it's probably because it's larger than Arnie's.
3: Yeah. I, was, I think it's wanna... probably... I think. I don't think Michael Bean had it. But I think uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had uh, Michael Bean, no no cock claws.
4: Yeah, I think so.
3: Yeah. If you it's don't...
4: bigger than mine, don't show
2: it. You don't see Linda Hamilton's cock, either. So
3: no, she's notoriously got a very big dick. Yeah. He's put piss stained pants on. <laughs> he stole the hobo's clothes. <laughs> That's why the police are after him. They're like, don't... He's he stole jeans. my pants. Yeah, look, he's wearing tights. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was hoping
2: that when he stole the hobo's clothes that we'd see the hobo's cock.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's a film about cock.
2: Yeah. Paul Winfield was like, I'll get mine out if you like. He was like, no, that's
3: all right, Paul. No, no, look. You want to see my cock. <laughs> now, i would one good thing about uh, Terminator Genesis: It re- recreates all this.
2: But Michael Bean's is it, is he?
3: No, he's not, sadly. It's that Jai Courtney. He's oh. bu- shit. He's the only... He's the, he's the one thing about it that I really didn't like.
2: Why didn't they get Bean back?
3: Well, they said about getting bean back and Rowan Atkinson turned up on set
2: oh no really
3: yeah oh. not that bean <laughs> I bet they fucking stink those trousers but
2: he likes that
3: for yeah, the future
2: all, all trousers are hobo pants in fact hobos are revered as being the provider of all clothes yeah. Also, look, he's just broken into this department store. You'd think he'd, he'd steal the hobo some new pants.
3: I, I'd probably... first thing I'd do is go and look for some stain... Either stain remover or new pants.
2: I'd just steal the steal new trousers from this place. I'd yeah. go for a nice pair of checked golfing ones, probably.
3: See, if, they have, if, if this was Roger Moore in the role, in a minute, it would just cut to the front of the store and now he'd walk in a tuxedo... Right. And he'd do the cufflinks and go. That feels better.
2: And there'd be Time three... to go and
3: get the fucking Terminator. There'd
2: be three women behind him with their minges open, plopping babies out.
3: Yeah. yeah. Are you going to find uh, Sarah Connor? And fuck her. <laughs> the future depends with dear boy. I do like those trainers that he wears. See I think it would have been much
2: better if it was John Connor came back and fucked his own mum.
3: Like uh, Back to the Future.
2: Yeah, only real. Like, proper hardcore. (laughs) And Linda Hamilton being like, oh, it's so wrong, but it feels so right. (laughs) Do it in my (laughs) arms. It's not really incest if you don't come in me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Ugh,
2: Terrible. (laughs) Uh, My mum said the same thing to me. Yeah, I know, right? Mine (laughs) too. So I did go back and find some stuff that people had said about uh, Terminator back when we announced we were going to do it originally in 2013. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just going to try and find that. I don't know where I put it. Here we go. Back in the day. So, uh, Jason Blanco said, re-watched, before, rewatched Night Before Last, Still Killer, in my meagre opinion, James Cameron made one great, towering, visionary film, The Terminator, and another interesting one, The Abyss, and that's it. Doc, discuss.
3: Uh, aliens is awesome. I love Aliens. Uh 2 is amazing. And I also really, really, really love True Lies. Do you know Avatar that, who, and Linda, Ham- Linda
2: Hamilton did two movies with Jim Belushi and even appeared in Jim Belushi's TV show, According to Jim?
3: did you, Was she ever uh, going out with him? I don't know. Nice buns.
2: Yeah. I feel like that burger guy is holding those burgers like they're meant to be tits. Yeah, it's like my burger tits. <laughs> when I look at that, it looks like tats. Tets. Nice big juicy bugger tetties.
4: <laughs> I love
3: it. I love like it how he looks like he's posing from catalogue.
4: Yeah.
3: Like, look at I, that jacket.
2: I also stole the whole clothes. <laughs>
3: I don't believe for a second that that guy who he stole it from was the same size as him. Well, no, because isn't, uh, isn't that why they picked Thompson? Yeah, but it wasn't Thompson that he nicked him off. It was the other guy. Oh, it was Paxton? No, it was the other guy. We don't even know who he is.
2: Oh, yeah. No, he should have nicked it off Thompson, because at least Thompson has the same kind of, like, jaw and facial structure. same fucking jaw. Yeah, they both look equally as crazy. Now, back in the day, would you with Hamilton? I don't think I would have done, to be honest.
3: Uh, no. uh,
2: to me, uh, she sort of feels uh. a bit like, like how is it that Spielberg with what's-her-name from... Uh, Kate Capshaw. Kate Capshaw. And then how is it Cameron with her? Just the hair alone would have put me off.
3: Yeah, but back then, there was no other sort of...
2: Hair. That was the only yeah. sort of hair. He just put ice cream right on a minge.
4: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com.
3: Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions,
2: 18 plus. Oh, <laughs> come <laughs> She's like, but I did
3: kid. Yeah. She didn't want, like... This the best. Best, best this cameo.
2: Was. Best cameo that he's done
3: but it's your uh, it's your uh... Dickie Miller yeah
2: old Dick Miller the Robert De Niro of cameos mm. met him
3: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what was he like
2: yeah grumpy old fucker but nice authentic you know what I mean
3: yeah Hot, old school Hollywood
2: <laughs> oh yeah well old school New York I think
3: yeah
4: this just... one
2: He's a really good actor, considering,
3: right? I'd love to have seen him in a lead role. Who was in that?
2: Well, he was in a lead role in some of Corman's stuff. Was he? Yeah, he's a lead role in Buckets of Blood, or whatever that's called. The one where he plays, like, a hipster poet who, um... wants to be a sculptor or something, and, uh... He ends Get sh- up... Well, he shot, gets shot man. by Arnie, yeah, while he's... Trying- <laughs> no, he, um... He's a a hipster who's trying to make, uh... uh, What is it? Statues. And he's not very good at it. So one night he, like, kills a cat by accident and he covers that in clay and then he's like, ooh. And then he starts, like, killing people and covering them in clay and stuff.
3: Oh, it's a biopic. Yeah. Of, uh... Of, um... Shia Yeah, that's the type of shit he'd do.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, so then Philip O'Neill said... Uh, the Uzi 9mm, and he said, and I said, Cameron was a much better map painter than he was a director. Oh, controversial. <laughs> and Philip O'Neill said, You think his films like Terminator 1 and 2 are badly directed? I said, Terminator 1, you're gonna laugh at me for this. Terminator 1 is not particularly well directed or well edited, it's very good for the budget. The idea is interesting, the effects are great, but well-directed. No, imagine any other director of the era with the same cast and material, and it's a better movie. I still love it, and it's iconic, but I never liked Cameron as a director. Even Aliens isn't as interestingly or dynamically directed as it could be. As he goes on with stuff like T2 and True Lies, etc., he definitely improves, and they have more to them in terms of polish and visual ideas. But he's a special effects guy through and through, not a filmmaker. He's like a proto-Hack Snyder, but with original ideas. To which Philip said, I disagree about the editing.
3: I, I, like I say, I, I do like James Cameron, and you're right. He, he does have some good ideas.
2: Oh, he yeah, has some great some... ideas. Now, I would kill her as well. She's just
3: a... Well, yeah, I would, just for the hair.
2: Yeah. Oh, why,
3: why do We well, don't you know, have some common sense. She's not going to have a kid called John Connor. Look at her. Now, how is it that we never saw these two in a
2: three-way... That's what I really wanted to What
3: these two and Arnold.
2: Yeah. Or Michael Bean.
3: Because Michael Bean didn't really want the other woman. He wanted her on the TV. Now
2: she's she yeah, now her on the TV, she's not a real newsreader. She she was actually uh,
3: A page boy.
2: Being held against her will by the producers and forced to be in the movie as part of a sick twisted game that they like to play after that. They uh Tied her up over a kid's paddling pool And forced her to shit herself on camera <laughs> People don't know But Hollywood used to be a much different place Stuff like that was uh, Yeah it like, was
3: a better place It was, was more honest
2: It was allowed
3: Yeah
2: You know nowadays You know you can get in trouble For doing stuff like that Back in the day yeah, it Not years
3: ago that. It's how you got parts You had to work for it
2: Yeah Even when you didn't want them Because she didn't want to even be in the movies She wasn't even an actress She was an accountant Yeah Um, So then Jason Blanco went on to say, I disagree about the original being badly directed. There's some fantastic imagery there, uh, well composed, though I imagine this being more due to even than quite experienced cinematographer Adam Greenberg. Agree on all the rest, especially that last sentence. Let's also not forget he's a writer and producer of films other than those he's directed. More importantly, he was married to Catherine Bigelow, a genuinely gifted director, in my opinion. Uh, Which did point
3: I, Break. So, and I yes.
2: said again, Near Dark and Strange Days were the best thing Bigelow ever did, in my opinion. I think Cameron used to be pretty good at writing, and certainly with ideas. I think he loses that ability before Titanic, though.
3: Grant, I think Titanic was this turning point with Cameron. I think he really did. It everything went to his head. The fact, you know, because now he could walk into any studio in Hollywood and say, "Give me two hundred million dollars, and I'll make something." Pretentious and shit, and they'll just give it to him. You don't have to work for it now.
2: Isn't he meant to be making Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5? Who the five, fuck wants Avatar six. 2, 3, 4, 5,
3: 6, 7?
2: Nobody. I mean, I imagine, like, at the. At like, Is there anyone who still remembers Avatar?
3: The only like- reason I remember Avatar is because I genuinely think it's some of the best 3D I've ever seen. That's it. The first scene of it in 3D, I was like, that is pretty amazing. The film's dog shit.
2: I just don't think anyone's talking about it. Like, if Avatar 2 came out tomorrow,
3: would anyone really give a shit? No, I mean, that's that's, a, that's, that's it. Nobody goes, oh, fucking yeah, Avatar f- 2. We need to see that.
2: Avatar 2. Go on, Avatar.
3: avatar did.
2: Um... Grant Nock, who has become a, a regular over at the group... Uh, yeah, well, he loves know. this show.
3: He currently. says,
2: The Terminator is still my favourite film of his, then Aliens, then T2, although there are a couple of parts of T2 I struggle with. Only seen The Abyss once, can hardly remember a thing about it, might be time for a rematch. I think he means rewatch. watch Yeah, uh, I think
3: maybe it's a rematch, as in... It's, uh, might it, be it's time to him. fight
4: The Abyss!
3: yeah.
2: He wants to take on Ed Harris and uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Yeah. Whatever happened to her?
3: She, uh, she's now working in an old people's home in uh, Croydon.
2: Nice. Nice. Yeah. But she's not working as in, like, as a nurse or whatever. She's uh, pleasuring she, them, right? With a, She has, like, a little anal anal vibrator or something. You she sticks that I mean?
3: up her in her arse and then she goes round to everybody and be it if it's a woman, she just flicks the clip, of the right. old people. Nice. and nice. Uh, well, you the... don't
2: even have to take their clothes off for that. It dangles somewhere around their thigh.
3: Yeah, it's, it's sometimes unlike their ankle bone. Yeah. And uh, the old boy, she just tickles the nuts with a feather boa.
2: It's really a public service when you think about it.
3: Well, yeah, some of them remember as well. I saw you in the abyss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> couple of them remember from. Uh, but when they Robin say Kup-
2: that and they're that old, they mean like in the abyss of time and space that drifts through their head. That's what they mean.
3: Mm. Yeah, apparently when they die, it's the first thing that flashes before their eyes is Mary Elizabeth, Manstrand, Sack, Neo.
2: Yeah, masturbating a an elk.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing I want to see before I die.
2: Yeah, me too. In fact, if I don't see it in my lifetime, I'll consider my life wasted.
3: Yeah. Just the same as I'd quite like to see uh, George Jetson fucking into Hamilton with his nose.
2: I'd quite like to see this guy who's on screen right now. Yeah. Just I'd like to see him and just say, what were you thinking with that cut-off T-shirt?
3: Yeah. This woman annoys the shit out of me. Who wears Walkman like that?
2: Back in the day, you had to, because they didn't have any real music. They didn't have any real, like, they didn't have hi-fi systems or anything. There he is. Paul Winfield make this coffee.
3: Yeah, he's thinking, Two years ago, Lance, I had worms crawling in my ears. Stop talking about Star Trek Two, But it was the highlight of my career. Now He's
2: thinking, How is it everyone else gets to be naked and I don't? All I want to do is be naked. I beg James Cameron to let me be naked.
3: Paul, Paul, Paul Winfield is one of the great... Naked actors. actors. Of Hollywood. He's it's one of the Paul great is... naked actors of Hollywood. Well, he was, but he never got the chance to really shine.
2: Right. But I tell it's... you what, like, it was funny, because I saw him in two performances uh, back in the early 90s. Um, one as King Lear and uh, one as Othello. Yeah. And uh the King Leary did fully clothed because yeah. it was like a matinee for kids. The Othello he did completely naked. I tell you what, the Othello was 50 times better.
3: Yeah. When well, like he just, looks good naked.
2: When he's in a ha- when he's unencumbered by clothes, he really pulls out all the stops. It's quite incredible.
3: Mm. I saw him on the uh it's this very special edition of the Blu-ray. Yeah. He screen-tested for the part Sharon Stone played in Basic Instinct. Nice. And his audition was the uh, interrogation scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul, Win- Paul Winfield un- uh, crossed his legs and yeah. let every, you know, <laughs> Paul Verhoeven really close-up of his dick. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And they w- didn't go with him because Sharon Stone had a bigger dick. uh, Now, what is it
2: about this fucking um, salamander thing?
3: She's looking after it for Robert Dobby.
2: Can you still get those and have them as pets? Is that still allowed? I don't know. It's a good
3: question. I want one of those as a pet. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'd use it as a pest dispenser. Yeah. Shove it up his arse.
2: I'd use that little flap of skin under, (laughs) under its chin to get me off. I just want to tell everyone who's listening. I'm eating a uh, Buffalo Bob's meat stick. Any good? And it's uh, kangaroo meat. Is it kangaroo meat? Kangaroo meat, Buffalo Bob's kangaroo meat. Is it nice? it all right.
3: I've never tried kangaroo.
4: Yeah. Well,
2: it's uh, yeah, it's sort of bouncy.
3: I had a lion bar the other week. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it off, some, off some dentist in America.
2: That's a joke. Off some Wisconsin dentist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Craig Everett Earl then says, Aliens is in my top ten faves and one of the very few films I would have given a ten to, but props for bringing up Strange Days. It doesn't get brought up enough, and one of the reasons I thought Angela Bassett should have been cast as Storm in X-Men over Halle Berry.
3: Yes. And I yeah, said that,
2: Angela Bassett was the next Pam Grier and so fucking awesome, but just like Pam never really got her due, I loves me some Angela Bassett in Strange
3: Days. Yeah, I've not seen that for years. I've got to rewatch that. And Philip O'Neill
2: said uh, Angela Bassett turned down X-Men because the superhero genre wasn't big back then and actors didn't take the genre seriously, but now superhero movies are all the rage in Hollywood. Everyone wants to be in superhero movies now, so she's showed up in Green Lantern.
3: Okay. More full there.
2: Craig said, I wasn't aware that she turned it down. That's a lot of paychecks she missed out on. Oh, well, she'll always have Stella um, got her groove back. Jason Blagger says, love it in anything. She consistently deserves better, but her presence raises even shit like Vampire in Brooklyn to watchable. And then Matt Payne said, let's not forget that this was actually Cameron's first film, although he won't admit to it since he only directed half of it. He was canned by the producer and he is, of course, talking to, uh, talking about Piranha Two. Yes.
3: Yeah, that wasn't. Uh, I've never seen it, but uh, I think that's pretty despicable. Leaving a walking on while he's fucking. Up.
2: That's the only way you can have sex with some women, though, because they do not shut up.
3: You just know that if they if we took that off, she'd die because it says breathe in, breathe out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> it's a CD of famous faked orgasms throughout the ages. <laughs>
3: Paul Winfield's on it. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. (laughs) It's actually
2: Paul Winfield doing impressions of people doing famous, fake orgasms throughout the ages. Weirdly enough, if you get the video that comes along with it, it's just that guy's face on it. Yeah. That guy from the TV, that guy there.
3: I like that guy, the bartender. He's the sexiest man, 1984. Yeah. They were lucky to get him. Look at him. What a honk.
2: Well, of course, our ideas about beauty have changed
3: a lot in the last (laughs) 35 (laughs) years. Do you think in 1984? Do you think people went into this and was like they were like, Linda Hamilton."
4: Yeah,
2: probably. They liked the big hair back then.
3: Yeah, because I mean, her hair is exactly like the beast's hair in Beauty and the Beast that she was in. Yeah, his hair was exactly like that, wasn't it?
2: It was. Yeah, feathered like that. Yeah. Well, they originally cast her as the Beast. It's just she she didn't realize. She just showed up. They cast uh, uh, Ron Perlman as the Beauty.
3: First time ever. Yeah.
0: Jumba. Chumba
3: ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary Old prohibited by law 18
0: plus terms and like conditions apply See website for details
3: You put some latex on his face for that role.
2: No, they put latex on her face for the role.
3: Oh, yeah You're <laughs> like a creepypair, don't
2: they? Yeah That's weird She walks out of a bar and it says dry as ice cream
3: I like Michael Bean. You know, I think he's a great actor. So do I.
2: He never got his due though, really. This was like his biggest role, really, wasn't it?
3: It was, yeah. Actually, somebody's put a question on the uh Facebook about it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Let's have a look. Right. Aaron Carruthers. I'm going to meet Michael Bean at a Collector Mania event in a few weeks. Looking forward to it. What kind of question should I ask him?
2: Ask him if he still has the rain mac and if he that... uses it occasionally to go out and flash people.
3: I, yeah, I'd ask that. I'd also ask, did those hobo pants smell?
2: And and is putting your naked flesh into piss-stained pants weirdly arousing?
3: Yeah. Does it, does it feel as good as it looks? Yeah. I'd also ask if he's been cast in the new Aliens movie.
2: And has his cock ever been cast for a dildo?
3: Mm. That is a very good question. Yeah. Did he really stick it in Linda Hamilton?
2: And is this a documentary? <laughs> so i booked my tickets to come back to the u.s dude no back to the us back to the uk
3: okay when you come in
2: uh end of october beginning of november
3: excellent how what? are you here for
2: uh well two weeks
3: two weeks
2: but the first week, hopefully, I'll be coming up and seeing you in Leicester, dude. That's the plan. Me and me and uh, Amy. Amy's going to drive me up, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll come see you in Leicester. Just to do a bit of a road trip.
3: Excellent. That'll be good. Just let me know the dates, and I shall make sure I'm off work.
2: Well, yeah, we'll probably just come up for the for like the evening or the the morning or something like that. We'll figure something out.
3: Yeah. Cool. Green thing. This is my worst nightmare.
2: What, being that guy? No. Oh, what, ruining your lamp?
3: Yeah, that is terrible. No, it's drumming it's my salary. <laughs> Fucking hurt. Yeah, yeah. pretty amazing when he shoots it though isn't it yeah who has sex and then
2: eats a sandwich that big I mean I'm not disrespecting it I'm quite impressed but (laughs) you shouldn't eat so late at night no you shouldn't so fuck earlier people that's what I'm saying fuck (sighs) in the afternoon
3: i tell you what though it's difficult to find the right woman who you can, you know, once you've pumped a load into, yeah, and then she goes, "I'll go and make you a fucking sandwich." Make
2: you a fucking sandwich, right? In fact, that's that's my opening thing when I go speed dating. <laughs> that's like, my opening line.
3: Would you make me a sandwich? Now, You see, the thing is, it's it is it is no, amazing. No, no, I, I don't
2: thing. ask. I don't ask that. I say. I say, after I've pumped my load up in you, would you make me a sandwich?
3: <laughs> and she goes, she uh, depends if you ask me on a date, you go, no, we've still got a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got another question, didn't we? Didn't we get another question about... Uh, la, 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 la. About Technoir from Grant Knock.
2: Yeah, what about it?
3: He asked what our favourite nightclub scenes were or something in action movies. Um, probably Lethal Weapon 1. Lethal Weapon 1. Uh, for me, nightclub scenes, John Wick.
2: Oh, I also really like Vanity in, um, uh, um, uh, you know... Uh, action Jackson. Action Jackson.
3: I also really like the nightclub scene in Collateral...
2: Uh, I really like the nightclub scene in Showgirls. Never seen it.
3: (laughs) I've seen bits of it.
2: I've seen the swimming pool scene.
3: Oh, everybody's seen the swimming pool scene.
2: That's what first made me think about getting Alan the porpoise.
3: (laughs) This is a pretty damn good nightclub scene as well.
2: It's not a bad nightclub scene. What about that nightclub scene we did in that other... What was that movie we did with Cynthia Rothrock, Guardian Angel? With all the different coloured drinks?
3: Oh, yes. Yeah, there was all, there was, all the colours of the rainbow.
2: Oh, he's got one of those um, skeleton tees. Remember, like he wears in Spinal Tap?
3: Yeah. That was him. you ah, broke my fingers, all 11 of them.
2: I can't play my guitars now.
3: Yeah, that guy behind him. Do you think this was a real nightclub? Yeah. Yeah? It's still open. Is it? Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it's some hipster place now. Probably all dressed the same way. It's incredible how they all managed to dance in slow motion. He's already walked past that guy with the bald head and the glasses.
2: funny thing about Linda Hamilton is that she was uh, just pipped at the post to be the MGM lion. (laughs) That was what was incredible about her.
3: She's fit, isn't she?
2: Oh, yeah. With the pigtails.
3: Yeah, not as as fit. That Paul Rudd, wasn't it?
2: Yeah.
3: I think it was Paul Rudd, his first role. No, it was Roll Pud. uh, (laughs) She's... They often get mistaken.
2: <laughs> Look at the tables. They're not even proper tables.
3: Yeah. Western style.
2: It's quite in love with weaponry, this movie, isn't it?
3: Yes. It's a Republican's wet dream.
2: I'd hate to be in a Republican's wet dream.
3: I have been. Oh buy all
2: accounts yeah yeah well just you'd have to watch donald trump fuck someone
3: yeah see now the thing is with watching terminator now is as amazing as it is and it's still a great action sci-fi classic imagine going into it in 1984 not knowing anything about it right you know and you've not got all the trailers playing every fucking way You'd been like, why has he got up after being shot with that gun three times? Right, you wouldn't know, would you? No.
2: But it was based on which famous sci-fi western? Westworld. Yes indeed. Played by the wonderful bald actor Yul Brenner.
3: Yeah, that is a classic film. Yeah. In fact I'd say it's a perfect double feature with this film.
2: His head, Bill Brenner's head, used to double, um, double act as um, Raka Welch's cleavage.
3: It did, it did. It was also... It, the football was based on his head. Leicester started the season today with a 4-2 win. Excellent.
2: that's not the football team that's just a guy you know called Lester right
3: yes Lester Piggott yeah
2: and I was just watching an advert the other day that used that exact graphic or a different not but used that idea that the, the guy in the advert was a robot
3: yeah
2: yeah and this it's... starts what is you know a very long and substantial car chase takes up you know at least a third of the film
3: well, this film could actually just be called Chase. So it's nothing but chasing. Right. And he was dead. I mean, this this is this film. I remember my dad showing. I want to there. see
2: your titties. <laughs> I've seen the maids' titties. I'll let me see yours. I, I love tits. That's what he went for. He went right for the bosoms. Yeah.
3: It's just, he's not he's not trying to kill her, he's just a filthy pern. Yeah. Look at that. Shaved his eyebrows for the role to make himself look a bit more scary. I'm going to say it worked. Is that true? Yeah. Look, he's got no eyebrows. That's what makes him look so weird. And he was terrifying. It was one of the first films my dad showed me and it terrified me beyond all consciousness and thought.
4: Beyond all consciousness, time and reason. Time stood still as I, when I was a young, grabbed my penis and tucked it and said, Daddy, I'm so scared of the Terminator. <laughs> Daddy, I'm scared of my own body. Yes, why have I got a pubic hair on my sack? Oh wait, it's my penis. Daddy, why do my balls bounce around so much? <laughs> and does it make me a bad man that I put them in the dog's mouth a lot? <laughs> While inserting my thumb up my bottom. Is it wrong? I painted my chest with gooseberry jam and I won't apologise for it.
2: Daddy, look at me. Daddy, look at me. It's gooseberry, Daddy, your favourite flavour. Don't tell me you're not tempted. Daddy, it's not wrong as long as you don't come in me. I heard a fella say on the TV...
3: That is that is one way to really freak your parents out, isn't it? You went into it and went, you know you can stick it in there. It's not coming me. It's not illegal.
2: <laughs> and I mean, all the way in. It's yeah, just a tip.
3: I mean, we don't want to go full fuck.
2: No. <laughs> Down, suck my cock while you're at it yeah this is how you're gonna get pregnant swallow it and then spit it back up your thalopian tubes
3: of course he was a virgin wasn't he in the story he's like he's never done it with anyone but he knobbed john john connor though yeah i bet not knowing it was his son
2: which of course doesn't really make any sense
3: What, that he didn't know it was his son?
2: No, that John Connor is his son. Why? Well, because if time is a line, if time is linear, right?
4: Yeah.
2: He's come back from the future, fucks her, then she has John Connor and he grows up to be John Connor, right? Yeah. But... Time's linear, so the original timeline before he comes back from the future, she doesn't have any children, or if she does... So, how would he... Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. I've never thought about it like that. That's a good point. Some shit.
2: (laughs) Now, of course, it's just... In order for him to make the decision to go back in time, John Connor has to exist.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy.
2: That's yeah. the problem with it. John Connor only exists after he's gone back in time, right? But in order for him to go back in time, John Connor has to exist. That's the problem with the whole thing.
3: Yeah. I suppose the, the only... the would be great is if, if you saw John Connor, he's also gone back in time and he's looking at a picture of himself and his brother and his sister and they're disappearing.
2: Yeah, and he's trying to play Johnny Be Good up on stage. Yeah. Meanwhile, his mum is trying to fuck him. And...
3: Yeah, Michael Bingers turns around and decks the old swash nigger. And then turns around and goes,
2: Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm just saying, the whole thing doesn't work.
3: No, it don't. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I wish people would say the same thing about my cock.
2: What? What? <laughs> the whole Absolute... thing doesn't work. <laughs>
3: no, 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 the no.
2: whole thing doesn't work. Scrap it and go back yeah. again. Get a new one.
3: Know what he says? It's
2: a filthy disgrace of a penis. <laughs>
3: <laughs> know what he says? It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with, and it absolutely will not stop until you are
4: dead. Yeah.
3: Told you. No eyebrows. Not
2: weird. But they've got to be. See, I don't think he shaved them for the role because his, his eyebrows look so covered up
3: with makeup. It could be. Uh, it could be uh, like a little bit of latex. Yeah, I think they covered it up. I don't think he shaved them. He said that he shaved him, lying bastard.
2: No, because you can see that there's different colours. It's like, and it's like a big ridge he's got. Like, I, mean, I don't think you have like big fucking pronounced eyebrow ridges. I mean, maybe he does. Maybe his eyebrow ridges are all roided up because he was. Yeah. Sucking roids through his eyebrow holes, I've no idea.
3: Yeah, maybe. No, I'm the white trailer as
2: well. Is Arnie Welsh now, is he? He is, yeah. <laughs> Comes from
4: the valleys. <laughs> I like some give, cheese give on, on toast. Give me a clothes and the cheese on toast. Cheese on toast, please.
2: <laughs> Sing some of that old Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> It's not unusual to be fucked by Arnie. (laughs) Not unusual for me to pump your ass. (laughs) But if I see you hanging around in the laundry, I will fuck you. It's not unusual to see me cry. To see me cry all over your face and tits. Did you see Spy with Jason Statement? I did, yes. Is it any good? Yes, but not for Jason Statham, unfortunately. I mean, he's all right in it, but... ..it's good for other reasons.
3: Oh, okay. So it's worth watching when it comes out, then?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what's happening with old Statham. He said that he'll do a fourth uh, Expendables. He said that he'll do eighth Fast and Furious... But The Mechanic Resurrection's been put back.
3: That's it?
2: Yeah, it's been put back again. So when? Like this time next year. Like rather than mm. early next year. It's going to be like this time next year, I think. And he ain't got any other movies he's working on. Well, he's working on the uh, Layer Cake sequel, isn't
3: he? Oh, is he still working on that? His it?
2: company's optioned the book, yeah. He's probably just going to do franchises from now on. Just make the money that way. Viva
3: la Madness. Yeah. He's, he's producing that as well.
2: I like to believe that this entire film is really a ploy of Michael Bean and Arnie to to fuck Linda Hamilton. I reckon they're sat around in the future, right? <laughs> and Michael Bean has said to Arnie, "Look, I'm pissed off for there being no women with big eighties feathered lion like manes around here." They've all got, like, shaved, cropped heads or, or like, little little pixie hairdos, and I, I don't want any of it. I want a big lion-maned 80s woman. And I was like, yeah, I like it. I like to <laughs> hold the hair when I'm fucking them. Michael's like, yeah, okay, all right, honey, whatever. But listen, how about we devise this scheme whereby we'll just pick a name out of the hat. It doesn't matter. We'll go back in time. We'll tell her some cockamamie bullshit thing. and, uh, And you put us in jeopardy like never really kill us but just like threaten to kill us and kill other people yeah I I can do that and then uh, I'll fuck her in a under a bridge or a hotel room or whatever Uh, do I get sloppy seconds sure you can fuck her whenever you like later oh yeah okay I reckon that's it I reckon the whole movie is just a ploy for them to come back and bang Linda Hamilton
3: yeah it'd be great at the end if they high five and went
4: it worked
3: yeah George Peppard walks along and just goes, "I love it when a plan comes together." End credits. That's what James Cameron's original pitch was.
2: Yeah, it was an eighteen-episode about people who come back from (laughs) the past in order to fuck a moderately unattractive feathered-haired lady. How much cocaine do you think everyone was on making this movie?
3: Uh, Do you think Arnie was, or do you think he was just content with the steroids? I think Arnie was probably huffing
2: huffing roids for most of the movie, but I would imagine cocaine was flying about the set.
3: It wasn't a big deal, then, because back in the 80s, it wasn't addictive, was it? No. And it was the good shit.
2: It was done more like speed.
3: Yeah. What? You couldn't do it under fifty miles an hour. Yeah. And
2: you had to do it off Sandra Bullock's tits.
3: Yeah, well I've had that. That's the only way I like to do coke. Straight off a nips.
2: Arnie, of course, after doing Total Recall, would never be content with a two-titted lady again. <laughs> and he spent the rest of his life and his vast fortune looking for the all-elusive three-titted lady.
3: Yeah, and they told him on set, you know, it's not real. Yeah. That's a fake one in the middle. Yeah. And he was like, no!
2: He used to make Yul Brenner sit between Maria Shriver's tits. <laughs> So it look like she
4: had three tits. <laughs> you draw a nipple on the back of your head. That bad, no,
3: bad. probably hurt a bit. That would.
2: No, no, no. What's hilarious is uh, he's able to make eighties LA look as dystopian and run down as the future, really, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a commentary on what was going (laughs) on in America in the 80s. It's also saying, get your act together, sort your fucking life out. Your bedroom's all messy, America. You've left cum-stained socks on the floor and bowls of three-day-old cereal congealing in the corner. Grow the fuck up. Get some hair on your nuts. Go out and get a fucking job. Look at the
4: state of you, America.
2: Look at you. Let yourself go. (laughs) (laughs) You may be in your teenage years, America but you need to get out of bed, take a long, hard look at your face, put some cocking clothes on and work for a living.
4: This times have moved off from the Old West,
2: America. You can't lie about anymore touching your pee-pee and eating cheese-flavoured snacks. They still haven't listened. (laughs) No. It's funny, Obama made that exact speech the other day. Yeah. It's just nobody listens to his speeches anymore.
3: Yeah. I want to live in a world where we grow the fuck up.
2: Now listen here, America. You can't lie around all the time touching your cock (laughs) and eating cheesy base snacks.
4: Yeah, your cock or your vagina at some
2: point you have to get up get out and get a job (laughs) and touch your cock on your own time yeah don't do it on my time don't do it at work it's filthy well do it at work but don't make it so fucking obvious and don't ask me beforehand (laughs) don't <laughs> come up and say, excuse me, President, can I go touch myself in the bathroom? Just go do it. I don't want to know about it. <laughs> this, this is fucking good effect, isn't it? This is, it
3: is, yeah.
2: i just cut my arm open. Yeah. I imagine this is really what it's like if you're Arnie. The funny thing is, in this movie, he obviously plays an indestructible robot. But in other movies at the time, where he's meant to be a human, he plays it much the same way. <laughs> That's good, isn't it?
3: It is a good year. Uh, I'd like to, I, if I could go back now in time, I'd go to the opening day of this in the cinema, get myself ready for it, and when he does that, I'd like to stand up and go...
4: He's a cocking robot.
2: <laughs> I would actually like to go back. You see that cop in the pink shirt? Yeah. I'd like to take him out for some muffins. Yeah. And coffee. i like
4: take you out for a bagel. <laughs> uh,
2: pay no attention to my lazy eye. <laughs> I will take you out for bagels. And you will yeah, make sense. Don't look at love. the lazy
4: eye. Look at the bagel.
2: Forrest Whitaker is Bagel Hunter in the <laughs> new Luke Besson produced film. Lazy Eyed Bagel Hunter.
3: Scoff at Michael Bean telling you about his, his future. There's no more T-shirt, more 80s, than that T-shirt that Michael Bean's wearing, is there? With the high sleeves.
2: Oh, it's my favourite. I've got three myself.
3: I've got three of them. Oh. He's going to do something nasty with his eye. He was fucking huge, though. He's still huge now, but what if... His fucking arms! This is how I cut my eye out. Yeah? Yeah. There's a bit more blood than that. I that quite hurt, you know.
2: What's interesting is, you know that, um, the ugly, uh, bollock-faced man, Michael Pollard? Yeah. Yeah, he was originally meant to be in this role. <laughs> They're very brave to do complete animatronics on Arnie's whole face
3: See, I've, I've seen some people say, oh, you know, you know, looking at it now, it doesn't look great. But then, it looked fucking amazing.
2: It looked amazing now.
3: Well, I think it still looks fucking good. What they don't realise is, that's also an animatronic. Arnold Schwarzenegger weren't even in it.
2: No. They just paid him for the likeness rates.
3: Yeah. It would be amazing if we found out that Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't actually real all along. He was just an animatronic created by Stan Winston. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
5: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
3: So Linda Hamilton's hair is definitely an animatronic.
2: That guy on the left with the receding hairline and the green check shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Animatronic.
3: Yep. No, he's not receding hair. Like That's just he's just got a very unfortunate hairline. It's <laughs> always been like that
2: since he was a baby.
3: Yeah.
2: It, got, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, a lot of people go, well, I can never be an actor because, you know, I'm not handsome enough and I'm not this, I'm not that. And it's <laughs> like, and you look at it and you go, that guy's an actor. That guy's yeah. in The Terminator. Like, he he's, went he's into in Terminator a, 2. He went into a room and convinced people to put him
3: in front of a camera. Daniel Craig's really not good looking. No. That guy behind her, him there, eating his glasses, not good-looking.
2: I was in a movie recently.
3: Yes, I saw. I filmed a cameo
2: for one of the greatest action movies to ever be made. Commando. It's going to be called Slingshot Cops. And I star in it as Willie John, the illegal fireworks dealer.
3: When's that going to be? Are they putting it up on YouTube again, or...?
2: No, it'll be released on DVD probably early next year, sometime. Cool. My plan is, while I live in America, to cameo in as many movies as possible. That's my plan.
3: Uh, Will you get an IMDb page for this?
2: Uh, Yes, there will be an IMDb page for it, yes.
3: Excellent.
2: But yeah, that's my plan. I want to cameo in every single independent movie that's being made between now and the end of time. I also want to travel uh, to as many states as possible next year. That's the other plan.
3: Very cool. Uh,
2: I'm also going to release between now and next year five or six albums all about horror people, and then I'm going to be selling them in March next year at Horror Realm in Pittsburgh.
3: That's a, a busy schedule.
2: mm mm-hmm. But that's the plan.
3: My plan is to star in Avatar 2.
2: That would be good. You yeah. should be in Avatar
3: 2. Well, I'd be any fucking good thing about Avatar 2. I'm going to play the tale of one of those alien blue creatures.
4: I'm <laughs>
2: The only way I would appear in Avatar too is if I could have a sex scene with one of the cats. Yeah. And then if, when I spuffed little like globules, it was in like an anti-gravity planet or something, so the little globules of my spuff would like float about in 3D at the audience and splash them in the face.
3: Yeah, and you know what, James Cameron could get away with that. He could do
2: it. He could do it. If any filmmaker on the face of the planet. Can put my spunk on the face of the public. It's him. Now, this and Maniac Cop 2, two of the great police shootouts of all time, right?
3: This is this is this is awesome. I love this. Because he does look cool as fuck.
2: There's so much death and destruction in this movie.
3: Stay here, I'm gonna hide in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You stay here in full view of the Terminator. I'm going to go in here and take all my clothes off.
3: I work so much better naked. It's just masturbating. Don't kill me. I've already had a worm in my ear. be great if when he walked in, he just put uh, What's it? Shoots himself with a phaser gun again.
4: It's a callback to Carl.
2: Oh, the guy with the pink shirt's getting restless. Yeah, Henrikson is on the case.
3: Henrikson was originally supposed to play the Terminator, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to play Kyle Reese.
2: Like, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was meant to play Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I Sarah put on Turner. a dress
2: and the feathery hair. I shaved my eyebrows for the role. You, you don't need to, aren't it? No, I'll do it. I've already done it. Oh, now we've got to draw your eyebrows. I don't right want around. to
4: get typecast in Hollywood. And I'd, uh, love, I'd love
2: to Hamilton. get, like people say, that, I don't want to get typecast. I'd love to get typecast. Imagine just showing up and all you had to do was what you'd done before.
3: Yeah, they pay you so it's a dollars. fucking cool right, well, yeah, you know, cool role. I don't want to
2: get typecast like uh, uh, what's his it's, name is a uh, paedophile or something.
3: Yeah, or, or, who are you? you? Know. Oh, I'm always the male rape victim. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I get that, that, that.
2: <laughs> every movie I'm in, I've been penetrated anally by someone much bigger than me.
3: Yeah, but being typecast is like the terminator or something. I'd be like, yep, that suits me down to the ground.
2: Why you scream, Terminator, mate? If I might do say so myself. Although I'm not sure Terminator would have tattoos unless it was trying to blend in. I suppose.
3: Mm.
4: <laughs> Here's Johnny.
2: Bean's got something of a young Nicholson about him, has not he?
3: He has, yeah. Uh, he was far too underused.
2: What else has he done? What else are his his big roles?
3: Navy SEALs. Uh, Aliens, obviously. Uh, He's in a film called American Dragons. He was in The Abyss. Uh,
2: You've got to say one thing for Cameron. He's very loyal.
3: He's very, very loyal. Paxton,
2: Bean, Schwarzenegger, Weaver... He puts them all back in the movies. Billy Zane. You know, he's really... uh, (laughs) ..really loyal. How do you explain Billy Zane? There's just no explanation for him, is there?
3: The thing with Billy Zane is, when he wants to, he can be good. He's in Demon Knight, and he's awesome in Demon Knight.
2: Yeah, I know, him and William Sadler are great.
3: And then he'll turn into something absolutely shite. Hey, Michael Bean was in Greece. Was he? Mm. As what? Mike, school athlete.
2: Well, wow, that was a stretch. <laughs> Can you imagine the director of Greece going, "I've got no time to give you all characters. Just be fucking Mike and a school athlete."
3: Anything else? No, that's it. I was in a film called Time Bomb. With Patsy Kenseth.
2: Oh, Jesus, really? Mm. How'd she ever have a Hollywood career? Tits. Yeah. Fair enough, really.
3: Yeah. Say any more, say any more.
2: She did have some pretty good tits.
3: Perky is the word I'd say. Do you think he's fingering her. He's fingering her, isn't he? He's definitely got his finger in there. Yeah. He's he's thinking, is this how I get her pregnant? No. Your penis has to
4: get erect, my dear boy. And then you have to push it into her. And out. And in and out.
2: Let me show you how it's done. Out of the way! <laughs>
4: Linda's like just, just so you know, I really don't want to be doing this, Michael.
2: <laughs> Linda's like, I, re- I really don't want you to have sex with me, crazy old British man. <laughs> no, no, I must show Michael Bean how it's done. This, this isn't in my contract. Just shut up.
4: Be quiet Lay down and spread your bloody legs.
2: <laughs> Let me do this. It's all part of acting. Come on,
4: I can't say you're going to enjoy it.
2: <laughs> I can't stay hard forever. <laughs> Would you spit on it? Go on, just spit on it. Just a little bit.
4: Because you're all you're all tight and everything. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get it in there. It's going to be like hitting a nail into a piece of steel. Can't you
2: get wet woman? Bloody hell. <laughs> I know you don't want me to be doing
4: this, but come on, it's called acting. I fucked some of the greats. (laughs) Martha Plimpson, when she was in The Goonies. Uh, Who else have I done? I've done uh, Andrea Barber, and she was in Escape from New York.
2: I fucked Honor Blackman. <coughs> <laughs> While she was on that sitcom.
3: The upper hand.
4: I gave her the upper hand. <laughs> she was pussy galore, you know.
2: Bit of an ironic name because her pussy was almost non-existent. Tiny little shriveled up thing.
4: Yes, I fucked Joan Hickson when she was making (laughs) Miss Marvel.
2: I didn't want to, but it's acting.
4: Yes. I get an actor's cheque and I cash it because I can fuck on cue. Not forever. (laughs) It doesn't last very long. Oh, come on, spread them. I won't come inside you. I'll do it on his stomach. (laughs)
2: I fucked Vanessa Redgrave.
4: <laughs> she was unconscious at the time. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell her about it. She wouldn't know.
2: <laughs> I fucked Madeline Stowe. <laughs> But only in the mouth so I yes. don't think it counts I haven't put it on my resume
4: yes not on my CV it's not a particular moment I'm proud of but it got on the job in 12 monkeys yes I also teabagged Kathy Bates in literary <laughs> <laughs> now that I did enjoy
2: that I did enjoy My pinky finger up the asshole of Barbara Hershey. <laughs> Get her the job in beaches.
4: <laughs> While well, giving a particularly oral session to Bette Midler.
2: Betty Midler, as I Betty Midler, as her. I call
4: her. I was instrumental in getting that movie made.
2: Yes, and all the women who love that movie have got me to thank.
4: Yes, as well as my special thanks in the credits of bitches. I mean, bitches.
2: Me and my (laughs) irrelevantly-sized (laughs) car. It's not big,
4: but it gets the job done.
2: Oh, Oh, it gets it done! And if by getting it down, you mean getting it all over your face, then you're right. I
3: wonder which factory, disused factory this bit was made at. don't know. Because that was like a staple of the 80s and 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. To go and find an old factory that's not being used. This is a bit of turmoil I always forget.
2: Why? Because by this point you are asleep?
3: No. Because it's just, I just can't remember it.
2: Dogs. Oh, this is the only bit I remember. The rest of it is a blur. Oh, that, the sex scene. I remember the sex scene.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The Sarah Connor. It's not Sarah Connor. Shooter, sure. would be better if you just show in the face. Oh, are you going to the uh, Urban Action That guy was
2: show? eating, eating my spoof out of a tin plate. I am going to uh, Urban Action Showcase.
3: Yeah.
2: Is that what you were asking me? Yeah. Yeah. Because I just shared that picture. When's that? November, I think.
3: Cool.
2: I'm hoping it's not that first weekend in November, so I don't miss it. I'm missing so much that first weekend in November by being in England, but I haven't been to England in four years.
3: Looking forward to coming back?
2: Yeah, definitely. See, he wouldn't have a picture of her. There wouldn't be a way to... It doesn't make any sense.
3: No. Certainly not a good picture.
2: The tagline of this movie could be walk quietly and carry a big gun.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That is a big gun.
2: Yeah. I like to think, although it was made beforehand, that this is James Cameron's answer to Mad Max 3, where he's like, fucking children! Yeah. Shoot them all! And it just blows them all up.
3: It's pretty cool in a it, because then his eyes got red.
2: Yeah. What you don't realise is Clint Howard was originally going to be cast in this film.
3: Well, he was going to be uh, Sarah Connor, wasn't he? Yeah. That's that kind of gives you away, that does, doesn't it?
2: That's kind of spooky. You couldn't do that now, of course, because uh, all of the photos would be digital. Also, why wouldn't the <laughs> photos be digital in the future? Like, he didn't really think about that, did he? Like, the future just looks like the past.
3: Yeah, because he's a hipster, and he uh, sort of... Oh, no, no, I still like to carry the same picture. Oh,
2: that makes sense, yeah.
3: That's why he's wearing uh, Beans like, dress shoes without any socks on.
2: Beans, like, look, um, I hope you don't mind, but while you were passed out, uh, I did put it in your bum hole. Yeah. You won't get pregnant from it. You're still wearing the shit-covered pants, though.
3: Yeah, I can't in some ways not changed them. And... They must be dead comfy. Yeah. Reading these lines, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck the maid,
2: fuck the maid."
3: <laughs> Look at that this is a hair
2: That now this guy was uh, uh, sexiest man,
3: uh, nineteen eighty-one. Yeah, yeah. Let
2: himself go a bit. Uh, but Only a little bit. Surprisingly, he was. He was very, very close.
3: He was originally going to play the Terminator. Or at least his eyeball.
2: I had sex with him.
3: <laughs> See, he looks fucking awesome, then he walking down that hallway. Yeah. Dickie Motel, Dickie Motel, come in
4: here for some sex. <laughs> that was
3: the jingle. That was the jingle, yeah.
2: Yeah,
3: it ran on the local uh, cable network.
2: Tiki motel, tiki motel, come and have a sex with a dog. <laughs>
3: <laughs> how, how much with the, the dog, t- or with <laughs> the dog, <She laughs> <loves> the dog.
2: <laughs> it's just an advert where there's this family and this guy going. You know, Martha, I can't think of something I would rather do than find an Alsatian and fuck it in the ass. Do you think there's any motels that will let me fuck an Alsatian in the ass? But well, it's I funny don't... you should say that, John, but I just found this lovely year advert for the Tiki Motel. It says you can put it in a dog's ass. $15 for half an hour or 25 for the full hour. My that sounds marvelous. It was the original plot for Vacation, the movie. <laughs> Instead of going to Wally World, they were going to go to the Tiki Motel, and Clark Griswold was going to fuck a dog.
3: You know, Russ, when I was your age, I never got to fucking out station in the ass <laughs> of the place called the Tiki Motel. <laughs> <laughs> John Hughes gets called in by the studio. <laughs> <laughs> John, we've read the script and we're thinking probably Wally World would be more appropriate.
2: <laughs> we read the script and I tell you what, it's funny, but by the time the <laughs> guys get to uh, the Tiki Motel and then you have this what seems to be a protracted ten minute long Alsatian fucking sequence, at that point I think the script takes a slight turn for the worst. And I'm thinking that maybe we change it to you punching a cartoon moose. What do you say?
3: How about we get everybody's favorite fanny, funny, funny, fanny funny, 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 funny fat guy, John Candy, in, and you can take him hostage? But I want him to fucking Alsatian. Well, well, I'm just thinking, John, that this is not going to work, buddy.
2: I tell you what, Alsatian fucking, it's not really summer comedy material, I'm telling you. It's more highbrow, late-night shit. It's more, you know, your intelligentsia is gonna like it. Yeah, it's like
3: this other script we've got about the minge that talks to everybody, <laughs> Curly Sue. <laughs> we we thought that'd be better about a child.
2: Now, now, John, this uh, this script you've given us here about the uh, the breakfast gangbang. We're thinking, like, maybe Judd Nelson and Emilio Estevez don't double-team Ali Sheedy up against the statue. How about, and just go with us, John, (laughs) they sit around in the semicircle and talk about life and their problems. Could you you write us something like that, John? I love the sequence. Look, I'm I'm absolutely in love with the sequence where Paul Gleason takes Molly Ringwald into a cupboard and, and fucks her mouth. I'm in love yeah. with it. <laughs>
3: <But> <laughs> I mean, we'd like you to do a different take on it, of course. Film <laughs> it, and we'll see how it works.
2: I tell you what, you can film the mouth fucking. We'll let you film it. But I tell you what, maybe you try this other thing whereby he's an angry teacher and there are all some kids in detention. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I mean, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> I like that, but uh, how about instead of him and Cameron go around fucking whores all day, he has a girlfriend and learns something about (laughs) himself.
2: However, the scenes in Pretty in Pink with James Spader don't change a thing, (laughs) God. (laughs) James Spader, when uh, he was announced he was going to be in Pretty in Pink, was like, well, I only signed up based on all the scripts he'd written about fucking everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Now all of a sudden I'm in this movie playing a rich asshole and uh, I don't fuck anybody. It's quite miserable.
3: You should see the original
2: script for Home Alone. Pretty and, Pig was, Pretty and Pig was uh, <laughs> meant, to be, <laughs> meant to have a sequel called Pretty and Brown. And, uh,
3: the and first James film, Spader was like, I'll be in the sequel.
2: The first film was all going to be about vaginas. It's a lot like a Lars von Trier film <laughs> originally It was going to be a dissection of the vagina Well, not a factual dissection Like an inte- intellectual dissection of the minge in popular culture and, uh, and then they were going to do a sequel about the asshole Then, of course, studio heads get involved And everything changes Yeah, they think they know best I'll tell you what. Home Alone, that was going to be a great film. It was going to be about this little child who gets endlessly raped by Joe Pesci. Yeah. The studio said that that was horrible. <laughs> they said it was a crime, and they said that it would be disturbing and unpleasant for people to watch. Then I told them that I was casting Macaulay Culkin, and they said, have at it. <laughs> We'd love to see that little shit abused every which way as possible.
4: Yeah, anally.
2: It was all. (laughs) They were very specific. They took me in, they said, John...
3: (sighs) (sighs) This this idea you got for Ron Jeremy, Uncle Fuck. (laughs)
4: Can we
3: change it to Uncle Buck?
2: How about we get everybody's favorite fat funny man, John Candy. Are you trying to put John Candy in every one of my movies? <laughs> Listen, the children love John Candy.
3: Have you seen The Great Outdoors, John? <laughs> I, he wrote the, the.
2: The Great Outdoors was originally a script that John Hughes brought us in the late 80s that featured John Candy and Dan Aykroyd on a panty raid through Michigan. <laughs> we thought that maybe we changed that. that. Uh, there was a lot of scenes where... Uh, he would be... Go- Who's the woman in that again? The famous... Oh. Uh, um, from American Beauty. What's her name? Annette Benning, that's it. Annette Benning. Originally, it was just John Candy nailing the shit out of Annette Benning for five <laughs> straight hours. The great outdoors referred to the fact that they were seldom inside while they were fucking.
3: Yeah. Got this great idea, okay? It's called planes, trains, and automobiles. We got Steve Martin, your favorite John Candy. They're (laughs) trying to get home for Thanksgiving, but they can't, and they end up on planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm liking what you're saying, John, and they fucking every (laughs) one of them. Now you lost me a little bit, John.
2: (laughs) Wait a minute. What you were describing seemed to be a family Thanksgiving (laughs) comedy, but now what you're telling me is that really it's a sex fest from start (laughs) to finish, and planes, trains, and automobiles merely refers to the places where the sex and intercourse would be taking place. Yeah, that's about right. And you wanna cast Steve Martin and everyone's <laughs> favorite fat funny man John Candy in the role. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, that's not gonna work for us, John. <laughs> How
3: about Then <laughs> the Hamilton sex?
2: I like the idea that John Hughes was really an absolute pervert who wrote all these scripts, but the studio kept changing it. Yeah. Can we get uh, somebody into the local look, look at the script there, John? It's a documentary about John Hughes, and it's like, it's like, despite every film being a greater success than the one before, Hughes still tried to get his unique vision in front of the Hollywood bigwigs. In his. In his excellent movie, Weird Science, he came close to getting the kind of sexual extremism he wanted on screen. Two young boys in a shower with Kelly... Br- <laughs> Kelly LeBrock. That was the closest he ever got to filming the great fuck scenes that he wanted to and imagined graphically in his scripts.
3: Get behind the scenes, it's what's it? He's he is put it in now, Anthony. <laughs> hey, that's my wife.
2: Steven Seagal supervised the uh, intercourse on that set. Yeah. By supervising I mean he sat behind a door, looked through a little crack in the wood and masturbated furiously into a
4: tin yeah. cup.
3: I wish this was a glory hole.
4: Spine All that's true story though. Yeah. Yeah.
2: John Hughes, filthy fucker. The only shot that that remains from the original cut of the Breakfast Club gangbang was the shot up Molly Ringwald's legs where you see her vagina through her panties.
3: Yeah. And Judd Nelson at the end walking away raising his hand.
2: That was did it. That was only so he could dry his fist off from all the juices. (laughs)
3: He put, raises it and then what he just cuts before he goes guess where this has been.
2: Judd Nelson had to wear a glove at the end because his hand was so fucked up, having had to penetrate with his fist over forty vaginas. I'm
3: and gonna what get was Judd quite wear a glove. It was why to promote safe fisting.
2: It was possibly one of the most grotesque scenes I'd ever seen put on film. It started off and you were like, Wow. All five fingers are really going in that vagina. And the first vagina was okay. You watched it, you were like, nah, it's probably painful, but she seems to be enjoying it. Let's go with it. However, by the 40th vagina, I was being physically sick. (laughs) I've learned that you can watch one vagina being fisted for a moderate amount of time. Two vaginas, maybe. But 40 vaginas, that's just too much fisting. But it took the wonderful humanitarian of John Hughes to teach me that lesson. (laughs) A lesson which I will take to my grave. And I will take it to my grave. You've seen the uncut shot of
3: Caligula.
2: (laughs) Well, the Breakfast Club was originally worse than that.
3: John Hughes would creep onto the set of the Breakfast (laughs) Club late at night and film Harcourt scenes between (laughs) Paul Gleason, Judd Nelson, and Molly Ringwald.
4: Being part of the actors' union, they weren't too happy about it, but they did it. As John Hughes said, if you don't do it, you'll never work in this fucking town again.
2: I remember one night I was on the Paramount lot. Uh, John Hughes... High to his tits on eight (laughs) balls of Coke. Came walking through. Dick hanging out of the zipper at the front of his jeans. The severed head of a marmot in one hand. And a big can of lubricating jelly in the other. I said... Having fun, are you, John? He was like, I'm just putting the finishing touches to 16 candles. What a guy.
4: <laughs> what a guy.
3: You would get out. See, that's some damn good special effects for the time, isn't it? It is. It its
2: I remember Harry Dean Stanton taking me aside on the set of Sixteen Candles and saying, why are there so many dildos? (laughs) When I thought this was just a simple film about a young girl's
4: coming-of-age party. That's the thing about Harry. He was always asking questions. We didn't like it.
2: Yeah. But he asked them. He asked them all the time. What Harry hadn't realized was that he had signed up for more than he had bargained for with
3: John Hughes. <laughs> oh, what's he saying there? Oh, Ferris there. the sausage queen of Chicago, sausage king of Chicago. Yeah, that was John Hughes. Yeah,
2: it
4: was. Everybody Why? talks They're about like sausages. No, oh,
3: I like putting cocks on screen.
4: Everybody. T- <laughs> Everybody
2: talked about John Hughes in glowing terms as a wonderful mild-mannered soft-spoken humanitarian with uh, with wonderful intentions towards the human race and a very loving family man. The John Hughes people don't talk about is the man who had more violent and aggressive Asian pornography than any other human alive. That's the John I knew. That's the John I knew and loved intimately.
3: In 1980... His
2: Vietnamese death camp fuck tapes were quite honestly some of the most graphically disturbing things I'd ever seen. You know that sequence in Home Alone when he sets fire to the top of Joe Pesci's head? I'm just going to tell you, that idea came from one of his fuck tapes.
3: <laughs> his life was changed. Uh, you know, he did like teenage comedy, but in 1981, after a titwank by Sam Fox, he became a different man,
4: a sexual man. The
2: thing is, he'd grown up during the Korean War, and then he'd seen <laughs> the Vietnam War really take off, and. He just never understood why, even as a young boy during the Vietnam War, seeing that footage come back, why he was always erect. And um, (laughs) he pleaded all through the 80s with uh, the president, Ronald Reagan, to see if he could again go to war with Asia, just so that John Hughes could get it up. Instead, he spent his vast fortune buying up filthy, (laughs) filthy Asian fuck tapes from all around the world. I mean, he had... He had quite the collection. Quite the collection. When he died, they had to burn it all in case it'd be discovered. But, but some here. still remain. And you know who bought them all? Max von Sydow. True story.
3: <laughs> That'd be the greatest Hollywood story ever. It is. Yes, I, I fucking love the Korean fuck tapes. Now, was this probably the best special effects of the time?
2: Well, I mean, this or the never-ending story, really. That's that's what you're looking at, isn't it?
3: Yeah, but for the budget.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, this or Robocop?
3: Yeah. It's just like stop-motion, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. I would just pull the plug out, rip out its batteries or whatever it's running on.
3: Yeah, it's probably any couple of Duracell.
2: That's why it moved so slowly. Should have gone Energizer.
3: Spray water on him, he'd rust. Arnold Schwarzenegger's lost a bit of weight. great he's still had a huge cock. See, that's the only place, really, where you can tell that it's a bit fake. Well, it's not. It's all fake. That. Do you think they hide a real robot? Yeah. Was there a real robot working at this time? Now it'd just be Doug Jones. Or Andy Circus Running round in his black leotard with... Green spots all over
2: Back then, producer Robert Evans, who was a big Hollywood powerhouse, used to employ robots at his vast Beverly Hills mansion to pleasure the guests, <laughs> whether they wanted it or not.
4: I, you're at my party. You if I go say you it. get wanked off by a robot, you get banged off by a robot. You would
2: go into Robert Evans' house. You would be greeted by someone who looked a bit like C-3PO. <laughs> and he would ask you quite unreasonably whether you wanted boy or girl, young or old. There was quite a selection as well. Different colors, different weights, different heights, different amount of tits. Arnold Schwarzenegger had a specific robot built for him with three boobs. He still has it to this day. Melanda, her name is. She could give two men titwanks at the same time. It was breathtaking to watch.
4: It was great for riding out Hollywood deals. You Frank Sinatra
2: be- used to visit. Interestingly enough, Frank Sinatra visited one night to Wobbit Evans' robot fuckhouse and asked, could he get a Sammy Davis Jr. robot? (laughs) Took out the glass eye and went to town on it like a fucking animal. I got pictures, but the video was destroyed. Robert Evans apparently got the idea from John Hughes.
3: <laughs> John Hughes, I was thinking of doing a remake of Westworld. Good idea, John. Could you make that into a teenage comedy? How about they just fuck the robots?
4: I've got James Spader to play the robot. And I've got Jamie Gertz from The Lost Boys to play the cowgirl.
2: I like to think that this partially inspired, like, Ultron at the beginning of Avengers Age of Ultron when he's kind of, like, stumbling about and he's just that, like, proto-robot before he becomes all big and shiny.
3: I'm not saying that. Oh, you haven't seen it? No.
2: Probably for the best, it was shit.
3: <laughs> you have to wear it.
2: James Spader was the best thing in it.
3: Did he have a huge erect robot cock?
2: No, which is... I mean, yes, but they had to CGI it out.
3: Look at that. James Spader will be all over that, will not
2: he? Yeah. Don't, leg wound. Don't touch it,
4: my dear. Let
2: me come over there and fuck your leg. Yeah.
3: Pull it out and I'll put it in. After all that, you think it'd be dead, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah. What you don't see though is that its hand goes on a fingering raid. Throughout yeah. the greater Los Angeles area.
3: Two blocks down, a low white hand fingered me in the ass. I think he's dead. Oh. Oh, he's still alive.
2: It's because you should also always destroy the brain of anything.
4: Mm. Shoot us in the brain.
3: like a sex pest from the future, in it?
2: Yeah, turns me on.
3: Yeah. So I can a belt from the future. See, really, what it should do, if it had any brains, it'd go out in the front of it and press the thing and crush air.
2: Yeah, but it doesn't have legs. It can't run or anything.
3: No, it can't run, but it can crawl. Good job Bella Renberg not playing, playing Sarah Connor. She never got through there.
2: It's weird, because she was cast, but they filmed this scene... <laughs> she got stuck. They filmed this scene on the second day, and, yeah, they just just... Uh... Bella...
4: It's not gonna work.
2: See, I just wouldn't know how, like, I wouldn't know which button made it work. I would just be like, I would have to look at instructions and.
3: Yeah. She's lucky that day, Electricator, isn't she?
2: Well it's a good job it doesn't send her to the future.
3: (laughs) This is amazing in the future. I've got his new boyfriend called John Connor. You what? I'd keep that.
4: Yeah.
2: Be worth a fortune now. Everyone loves this movie. Either that or at a kid's parties, you could stick it up your sleeve and pretend it was your real arm. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Is there any family for this? No.
4: Okay, we'll just take it for the dogs. I like his
3: hair.
2: Do you know we've been exactly in time the whole movie? Yeah? Yeah. We've been exactly in time the whole movie. It's been perfect. Because I can hear your movie a little bit in the background.
3: Oh, okay. yeah, I that sir?
2: This was a shit record. She tried to release this as a record... Do you remember that?
3: Yeah, she's trying to do it on the fly. This is one of our podcasts.
2: Yeah, L- Linda Hamilton sings the blues from a Jeep in the desert. Just <laughs> just never took off. It's because she's turned fucking deaf.
3: Yeah, what, what happened to a fucking scooter that she had? Well, she sold it.
2: Upgraded. Her friend left her a lifetime supply of Johnny's and... <laughs> uh She's working her way through the Arizona desert fucking gas station attendance.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She went back to the Tiki Motel for the Alsatian, look. Yeah. Because he was so good. That's the father of... (laughs) That's Tom Connor's father.
2: She did go back, look, for the Alsatian. Yeah, I told
3: you. That's hilarious. I just wanted to tell you, John, your dog's an Alsatian. He's really good at all. Look at his tongue.
2: See that gas station? Look, like, has pinatas <laughs> hanging up. Yeah, I think like, you uh, should just just sell sell the candy like you would regularly. But no, there you have to beat the hell out of a yeah. brightly colored donkey before you can buy your M and M's. You want Mars bar? You hit the donkey. Hit the donkey <laughs> with the stick. I said stick, no, not your dick. Did he just say, I took this one of your pussy, senor? <laughs> show me your pussy. i
4: get better pictures. Go See on, show, very us, ugly.
2: <laughs> show us some leg, Hamilton. It'd be hilarious if this old guy was played by James Mason or something. Mm. Hello, it's James Mason doing yeah. the part of the Mexican gas station <laughs> attendant. <laughs> he says he wants $10 <laughs> for your photo, <laughs> you cunt. Behold... Hold my Mexican accent, it's so very good. Yeah. I was it's... in Lolita. <laughs> Show us your tits, Hamilton. Oh, James.
4: There's a storm on its way.
2: And now we've found out where the photo is taken. Yes.
3: I'd probably drive the other way. That yeah. looks terrible weather.
2: That looks like New Mexico. New Mexico looks like that. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico has shitty weather uh uh like in pockets, so that you see like a storm off to the left, sun off to the right, and then like another storm out to the other end and yeah, it's crazy. Harlan Ellison of course, uh this movie dedicated to him because uh he died shortly while uh well, just before they were finished making it actually. Um, underneath uh, three very large women.
3: Underneath the mango tree.
2: Yeah. Shay Austin, um, he now fucks ferrets in Reno for change. Uh, Tommy Estridge, uh, interesting enough, he left the movie business for good, started up a, a stream of uh, uh, bubble bath motels. Uh, where you go in and it, you don't, there's not a bed. You just sleep in in, in bubbles.
3: I've um, been to one. I've been to one. Yeah, he, yeah, f- he
2: films you, um, <laughs> and uh, and sometimes holds you against your will, especially yeah, if you have a nice wife and daughter.
3: Yeah, but it's whatever. It's, it's how you make business work. You gotta. Yeah.
2: Ken Fritz uh, he strangles Polcats in um, in Benidorm now goes down a hit there with the children
3: oh they love it
2: Peter Tothpal uh, he's a three time uh, winner of the
3: um, Nobel Peace Prize
2: (laughs) well actually the Nobel Length Prize Mm. for his amazing length uh so good, he won it three times. Yeah. Uh, Gary Rodeback he um, he's well known in um, cowboy circles. Enough said about that. The better. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Fagerquist.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, he's one of yeah, he's one of my, uh, <clears throat> my favourites.
2: He holds the the world record for most amount of wasps in a penis. <laughs> quite and they disgust- said it couldn't be done It's quite disgusting to watch him wedge Wasps down the tip of his penis With a toothpick But uh 637 wasps he got In his penis
3: And not one sting
2: Nope Died later that year though
3: <laughs> Car crash
2: Yeah <laughs> The wasps escaped <laughs> While he was driving on the 405. Now, Birds and Animals Unlimited, they were shut down because they ran out of birds and animals. Yeah. They weren't as unlimited as they thought. Yeah. It was a fairly big, broad claim to make in the first place.
4: One day I'll show them.
2: Yeah. Now, Horace Manazanaris, he, of course, went on to build... Uh, the world's largest collection of back skin collected from uh, prisoners, like, well-known prisoners. Like, his biggest uh, was... Uh, he's got some dry skin that he f- scraped off the back with Charles Manson. Oh, yeah. After a yeah. television interview in 1975. And he keeps that in a jar, and he travels... It's interesting, he travels colleges, high schools...
3: He's made quite a career,
2: out. yeah. So he's got the backskin of Henry VIII, which is the oldest backskin that he has. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what he claims. Anyway, I think it's pretty well preserved considering it's from Henry VIII. But
3: uh, yeah, it kind of throws into question the, uh, the validity, validity of, of it. Yeah, but, it. But but yeah. you
2: can you can tell that it's him because uh, it's got on the back of it where each one of his wives um, tattooed their name.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because he was a bit of a tattooist, wasn't he? Henry he liked eight? a tattoo, yeah. Yeah,
2: he loved it, loved it. When he when he died, they found that around his penis, um, it was uh, it was I'm the King. Yeah. Or Hail to the King, or something like that. Around Hail his, to the King and suck, it. Yeah, and suck
3: it. And on his buttock, there right, was it. a yeah. tattoo of Bugs Bunny.
2: Tattoo of Bugs bunny, a, bunny right there on his ass.
3: Which is amazing because Bugs Bunny hadn't even been created. Hadn't even had, been
2: created, but he had it there.
3: Yeah, he had the foreshadow to forethought to get one done. it
2: has got Cary Grant's back skin. uh, (laughs) And what's interesting about that is it's almost his entire back, because Cary Grant used to be peeled quite like a snake. Like he used to lose an entire (laughs) layer of skin all at once, almost.
3: Yes, he did, yeah. Uh,
2: Because Cary Grant was part reptile. And, um, And so he was able to get some of the Grant shedage... And uh, he has it on a coat hanger in his closet. Yeah. He likes to freak women out when he brings them home.
3: Yeah. I said, "That boy, you have my skin in your cupboard." I'd love to be able to talk like Cary Grant.
2: But true stories, true Hollywood stories. We're learning a lot about Hollywood. This this commentary, I thought.
3: Yes, I think so.
2: People don't know that we have all this information, but trust me, I've got endless stories about the uh, filth and debauchery that went on in Hollywood back in the good old days. And there
3: was plenty of filth. Plenty of it. Oh. Uh,
2: plenty of it. But uh, that's been a real pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for doing it. It's get good to be back.
3: Here.
2: It's good to be back. What should we do next?
3: Uh, let's, i tell you what. Let's, uh, let's ask the listeners what they'd like to hear. Right. And then go against it.
2: Yeah, let's go, let's go the entirely the opposite. So, listeners... Uh, You can either comment on our Facebook page or our Facebook group or write to us at dractionkickass at gmail.com and tell us which commentary you would like to hear us do next.
3: Can't guarantee we'll do it. No. But it would be nice to hear from you.
2: Yeah, and I don't want to hear behind the candelabra. People don't seem to understand we're an action uh, commentary podcast. Um, The life, Life and Times of Liberace, while fascinating... Um, are not are not what we're interested in here
3: on the show. I'll tell you what I would like to hear about and this will if there's any other film not action what what would you like to do a commentary on?
2: Well if we, we, we broke away from the action mold for one show.
3: Yeah, any film not comedy because you can't go against comedy. Be it serious, be it horror, be it Anything, as long as it's not a comedy.
2: I would I would really like to do... There's a, a, a documentary about concentration camps uh, <laughs> called The Sorrow and the Pity. <laughs> I'd really like to do that. A four-hour documentary on Nazis.
3: I think we could make it quite entertaining.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of that has been
3: exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that propaganda against hitler terrible yeah. especially when hitler invented the marshmallow and gave us so much joy yeah so yeah i'd like to know what you'd like is to if you could it mm-hmm. was do one commentary not action what would it be not to say we're going to do it just just to ask, just asking a question maybe you'd like to hear is do Mark Commode's favourite film of all time The Exorcist do you know, yeah. uh,
2: Mark Commode can go fuck himself we all know that but because um, <laughs> he's a cunt a solid gold one um, but he did a top five Tom Cruise performances and didn't include one single action Cruise film
3: what did he pick? Uh,
2: Magnolia yeah Uh, Born on the 4th of July. Yeah. Rain Man. Yeah. I mean, just all the predictable ones. All the predictable ones. Uh, Oh, Risky Business. Yeah. And Jerry Maguire.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't pick any of those.
3: No. 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 None of those
2: would be on my list
4: at all.
3: Jack Reacher. Ethan Hunt. um, Edge of Tomorrow. Fucking awesome. Um
2: uh, Tropic Thunder.
3: Yep, yeah, he's awesome in that.
2: And legend. Uh,
4: yeah legend
3: <laughs> Top Gun. Top Top Gun. Uh collateral. Collateral, he's very good in collateral, yeah. He's awesome in collateral.
2: Shame about Jamie Fox.
3: Yeah, yeah, bit shame you don't kill him at the end, is not it?
2: But yes, yeah, so that was our commentary for the Terminator. Write in and say what we should do next, please, please, please. Write in.
4: Yes, I'd love to hear from you.
2: Oh yeah, send my love to Alan, and
3: uh... <laughs> <laughs> he'll be with you next week.
2: Yeah, I've got to go feed my Korean child.
3: Yeah, say hello from
2: me. Yeah, I've got some uh, wild boar um, meat sticks here, so I'm, I'm going to give him that barbecue-flavoured jerky. <laughs> that's what it says here.
3: <laughs> we'll go and feed him that, then.
2: It's the only meat you can uh, bend. That's, <laughs> that's what i think about it. Jerky's a very bendable meat. Mine's not. No. Uh, all right, sir, yeah, have a good R- night.